This is the joy of gaming. Welcome to the Joy of Gaming Podcast, episode 60. I am Rich Lapore. Jordan Alsay. Kelsey Lair. Uh, we have the gang together for our uh, favorite episode of the year to record, I'd say, of the Joy of Gaming for sure. It is our 2016 Game of the Year episode, and, and there's more. <laughs> this episode is coming to you live right now. Um, won't be live when you hear it's it. Pre-recorded live. Pre-recorded <laughs> live. It's not. This Fuck is it. None we're of doing those, it live. This is none of those. You know, the voice actors all come in when they get a minute. We're all here <laughs> no, together. We're all here together. You. I think you lose the texture of the performance. You do because you don't have the interaction. Yeah, it's like I can't just shove Kelsey if she's in another recording booth. I, no, but when I'm sitting next to him in a hotel room, he can. Yeah, it's the uh, dream, really. So, the, so what, what you what you are uh, uh, stepping in on here is is the dream and the nightmare that is. Is recording at MAGFest. Uh, MAGFest 2017, do you call it? Yes, MAGFest it 2017. The 16th MAGFest. No, it's, no, it's the 15th, 15th MAGFest. It's confusing. It used minus to be numbered. Minus two the year. Now it's the year. It's not even the year. The shirts don't have the year. No, Mag, but, but, but MAGFest 15, it's, 2017. It's the Castlevania-themed one. Yeah, that works. <laughs> it is. So if you hear any miscellaneous music, peop, there's like live bands going on in the hallways of this hotel. And so. if you hear uh, any holy water bottles smashing, it's probably somebody's badge. Simon's badge. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> the badges look like holy water. and Well, the staff badges. Do the, 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 no, the yeah. other ones are like, uh, they look like co- they're coffin-shaped, and they say Slayer on them. No, that's pretty yeah, sweet. Yeah, it has, it has the... the what you have on your shirt. Not oh, that okay. listener land. Yeah, we're the, st- the we we staff because yeah. we volunteer. Uh, not because we're important. <laughs> no, I mean, you we know, sound pretty we pretty important. Know. We're staff. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, anyway, anyway, we've been we've been coming for many years. Me seven, Jordan five, me um, two, Kelsey two, uh, and catch up. Mag Magfest for those who are uninitiated uh, stands for Music and Gaming Festival. It is an awesome place. It's basically a five four day four to five day video game party. Um, and uh, it is a place where uh, people congregate. I think it's more than ten thousand people come now, right? Maybe even twenty. It's twenty-one thousand people are here right Ludacris. now. Ludacris. Actually, well, it's probably more, uh, but it's at least twenty-one thousand people. That's crazy. Well, anyway, it gets bigger every year. We are at the Gaylord National Harbor Hotel. It's ritzy. They just brought chairs up for us, so I feel special. <laughs> Um, but anyway, on that note, uh, we have some very important business to attend to. The partying can wait because we have to decide what the best and worst and most surprising and most disappointing and games character. and our favorite character. One we wish we played. All kinds of stuff. All kinds of really great special categories, categories that we don't even all know yet. No mysteries. We oh. always we always choose we always choose our own individual category. It's tradition. Uh, so each of us will have our own category we choose we'll also talk about the game we wish we'd pl- games we wish we'd played this year which my list is way too long 
But we're not going to let what happened last year when we didn't get to record an episode happen again by delaying to play all the games. If we're lucky, the episode will just cut out towards the end, or I'll lose my voice, or any, or there'll be some surprises. Because we always love that in this uh, episode. I love a twist. <laughs> I love a twist. Maybe Jordan has one cooked up for me. We'll I don't know that I do. It's this it's, this, it, this, this year. Yeah. It it was an it was an odd year. All the good games were really good, and then everything else was just sort of there. That was my take. My my take is that there's a bunch of stuff I still need to play but it was such a sequel filled year so hugely sequel filled that there's i have prerequisites to everything i mean shit even playing final fantasy 15 has prerequisites you got to watch the brotherhood anime and more importantly you got to watch king's glaive i mean it no it's it's crazy you really and then there's even there's even an audiobook out of japan that you're probably supposed to read the uh like what what do you call it the localization no 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 well yeah but the um, when they uh, script, yeah, light when, novel, yeah. But when you go to uh, this is just going to bother me, so I'm going to be obnoxious about it. When you go to a meeting, what do they do? They transcript. Take, thank you. They did a transcript of it uh, for for American audiences, so we can understand. And it's like literally crucial shit, like about like the day of when the game starts. Anyway, I don't know. I, a, a lot of give that's back, a game we'll talk about. We more, certainly but, will. Know, it, but but it, but my point is to say that Watch Dogs Two, right? Titanfall 2. You don't really need to play the first Titanfall for that one because there was no really campaign there. Um, and then there's just so many... Uh, I said Dishonor 2. I said Watch Dogs 2. I said Titanfall 2. I mean, there's just a... Oh, Deus Ex, Mankind Divided. It was just a huge year of sequels. So, like, I, I never finished the original Watch Dogs. I want to do that. I know you don't really need to, but I want to before I kick into Watch Dogs 2. No, definitely. And the same thing is for Dishonored. Dishonored 2, 2 comes with Dishonored 1. I played, like, half of Dishonored 1, but I want to finish that shit. That's probably and then no, play that's the second That's more important because you, like, play as Corvo's daughter, right? Maybe. And Corvo, if you want. Yeah, you play as Corvo's daughter and Corvo. <laughs> But you want to hear the coolest (laughs) shit, right? So both of those characters in Dishonored 2, was one of the games I really wish I'd played, both of those characters have their own unique skills um, that you can get. Like, Mm -hmm. um, so like, for example, Emily's, one of her unique skills is this really cool, like, I forget what it's called, it's like a, like a ricochet effect or something like that, mirror or something like that, but you basically select four or five dudes, and I think it levels up so you can select more dudes, and whatever you do to one of them affects all of them. That's cool. And so, then, and then, so you use some of her other things, like you use that effect, and then you, you use another power. And so, basically, you're you're putting together combos of the different powers. But where it gets really killer, and it came out about a month after the game came out, New Game Plus. But they really pulled out all the stops, and it's not just regular New Game Plus, where like, let's say you played as Emily, you can go play as Emily with all her powers starting from the beginning. And maybe it's a little harder, maybe it isn't. Mm-hmm. This one, you get to play as Emily or Corvo the second time. And use all the skills from both characters. Oh, that's pretty. And combine neat. them in weird ways. So it's just. It, I mean, I'm, I, I just don't want to. I just don't even want to know how bug testing that must have been. You know, just, just miserable. Just, miserable, right? <laughs> miserable. That's a pretty. It's a huge undertaking. I mean, take just just the fact that they had two full characters with full suites of skills and bone charms and all these modifiers. They had to. They had to uh, test all of that stuff, and then you know you take the two characters and combine them, and and by all accounts it runs pretty well. So. Anyway, a lot of games I wish I played. Just one of game, the many games. If we don't mention a game tonight, it is not because we didn't like it. It's because we didn't play it. We didn't play it. We kind of forgot we are about not, it. We are not flush with Kashish and time to be doing it's all really this. It's really the time thing, uh, yeah. <clears throat> I really wish we could do this full time. And one day that may be a reality. But for now, um, there are 40-hour work weeks and school and other things to contend with. However, we've been really, this has been a great year, uh, just to say real quick about, just for the, the site and for the podcast, um, and 2017 is going to be even better. I'm excited. Yeah, but let's talk about 2016 first. Got to put it, it to rest. Let's do it. We didn't 
necessarily discuss an order for this, so we're just I'm just going to throw them out as we get to throw them. Throw them out. <laughs> uh, so, <clears throat> uh, we got our top three. Should we start with one of our top three, just jump in? Don't we huh. normally do three, two, and then all the other categories? And then no, 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 we, no, we, we do three. We've and then done we... it a whole number of different ways, but let's... We got, well, all right, just some quick, this is this is a great way to start the episode. All right. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven alternate categories. We got the top three. So I'm feeling we'll do two of the, two, two, three, two in terms of the other categories and with our three, our two, and our one in there. Okay. So we're going to start out with, uh, let's go even uh, further back because a big thing we did this year was play a whole mess of games that maybe didn't come out in this year because oh, okay. there's a lot to catch up on. To start. Okay. Well, yeah, it's super exciting. These are the games. This is kind of like a mini What Have You Been Playing. Okay, let's look at it that start. way. Okay. It's like all we right, can all integrate right. all our old favorites. All right. I'll uh, so take this it. is a game that we played a lot of and really liked in 2016 that did not come out in 2016. Could be 2015, could be 2014, could be 1982. A lot Whatever. of a lot of uh, you know game podcasts and websites like to have a, a you know a, a category that would read very cleverly like best 2015 game of 2016. But after a certain point, it's like, well, maybe I played a game from 2012 and 2016. So yeah. this leaves it open. I'm assuming. Uh, I guess I'll I'll start us off because I you know why not? Uh, Do it. I went with one that I think Kelsey might have picked. I don't actually know what you picked. I doubt you picked my game. Okay, then yeah. Uh, I was going to do Resident Evil 5, because we played a lot of that. But I ended up really thinking back, and it's like, this year had a weird time dilation effect where I forgot a lot of games till I really started thinking that, oh well, yeah, that I always that happens. This Think about the Oscars when something from January gets nominated. It always feels weird. Yeah, but this year more so. There were a lot of games where I was just like, was that this year that I played that? Or, eh? And it was weird. But for me, the best game I played this year... Uh, a game that would have probably made my list had I played it as much last year uh, was The Witcher 3. I played a lot of that game Did over you? the summer. Yeah, it I was, didn't know uh, that. I was, I was out of work during the summer. Not because I was jobless, but because my job goes on hiatus in the summer. Let's just and, make that clear. Well, yeah, I'm not unemployed. I'm not, I'm not a vagabond. Like uh, no, being unemployed is a frequent and unfortunate problem. But uh, the... The, the the thing with The Witcher was just I kind of slept on it when it first came out. And 2 didn't resonate for two you. 2 didn't resonate, and 3 takes a while to open yeah, up. Yeah, the 3 is hard to get into because... The first area is very linear and yeah, it's very, very linear. limited. Uh, but once you get past that, that game just takes off. The narrative takes I've off. I've heard it's so good. The bounty hunts you can do, the side quests and, and quest chains and just... It's a really w- well fleshed out world with interesting story beats, cool characters. Um, oh man, I'm forgetting Johnny. Was that his name? The little like uh, goblin. Yeah, Johnny. Um, and there's a lot of great characters like that throughout that whole game. And I, I haven't quite finished it. Uh, work pick backed up, and and I got back more to the games that are a little easier to play in short bursts. To start in The Witcher, it's like a play for four or five hours before you want to stop. Right. The other thing about The Witcher that I found is, uh, with The Witcher 2, because I haven't played 3 yet, is that it's a it's a game that you really have to have its coherence. So if you stop playing The Witcher, you completely fucking forget how all those mechanics work. It is a mechanically complex game. Yeah, I don't know how much they 3... Made it 3 is easier. Okay. 3. I, they even, made it way easier. Because in 2, I, I forgot what I was... I was shining my blade with stuff no, before I, battles. I was drinking potions before battles. And it's like, I didn't even... It's all very to easily two, I menued. I mean, yeah. honestly, I don't know. I mean, you can't, couldn't just put the controller in my hand and expect mm-hmm. me to do well, because that's any game. 
after enough time has passed, you got to take a second. But mm-hmm. I think you can get back to The Witcher 3, and I'd like to. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, it's just there's been a lot this fall particularly that I've ha- been taken up by. It is notable to say, though, that a lot of uh, people are talking about the DLC that came out this year for The Witcher. So there was... Blood know, was, and Wine. Was Hearts of Stone also this year? Hearts, Hearts of Stone. Yeah. Was, was that this year? I think that might have been last year, because Hearts of Wine was the spring. Or Hearts and Wine. Blood, Blood and Wine was Blood the and spring. Wine was this spring. I don't know what part of Stone... I think Blood and Wine was the only one that came out this year. Either way, there's a lot well, of talk about it yeah. being like as good, if not better, than anything The Witcher's ever done. So. Expansion of the year, certainly, if that yeah, were definitely. You know, a category. Might be. I don't know what you guys picked. But... Um, yeah, so for me, The Witcher 3 was a game I spent a lot of time with. Nice. Um, so I went with that. I know when I was talking about going back, so there was an Xbox sale, and I was like, I, I, I tapped you for info. I was like, so, I can get Dragon Age Inquisition, Game of the Year Edition, or I can get Witcher 3. What should I get? And you were like, yeah, that's an easy one. It is. I mean, Dragon Quest, not to... Or Dragon Age, not to burn Dragon Age, just... I prefer The Witcher. Yeah. Uh, because I find... Dragon Age gets a little repetitive in its side quests and structure of world exploration. And plus, what is that? What is the expression? Get out of. Get out of the hinterlands. Yeah. So get out of the get get out of, quick, get out of Thedas. Quick pro tip. And go to the Witcher, the Witcher, whose world I forget the name. Of. Uh, I don't know. I know Whitechapel's the beginning area. <laughs> well, get out I of Whitechapel. Wonder Chapel why too. you know that. Get out of Whitechapel. Kelsey, maybe it's Jack the Ripper. What go do ahead. you got? What what game from not 2016 did you play a lot of? And I'm gonna take a guess. If it's not Resident Evil 5, is it Hearthstone? It isn't. No, it is actually a game uh, that it came out in 2014. It's a point-and-click adventure game, and it's Fran Bow. Oh, God. What right. the I fuck? For, I don't even know what this is. I forgot about that. Fran Bow is amazing. What it's, is this? this? It's like, it's this dark, um, it's, you play as a little girl named Fran Bow, and she's, um, her, her parents die, and she's sent to the psychiatric ward. And in the psychiatric ward, like, weird things, like, sort of kind of happen to her. And, like, the whole mechanic is, is that there's, like, the, like, real world... That, that you, you see, and then there's these this world that she's taken to when she takes her medicine. She takes pills. So you can click on, on and off the pills, and mm. that, that's how you finish, like, do mechanic. And it's like, you take the pills and the it goes into this. The mechanic is just turning them on and off? No, well, no, well, the mechanic is that, like, the world changes when you take the pills. That's it, like, okay. like Like, you see the underlayer of the world, and it turns into this, like, really gross horror game. You know what that sounds when you exactly do it. like? We Happy Few. It, yeah, yeah. It sounds just like that. They take, like, happiness pills, and when they wear off, you see the world for what it is, and there's these people, like, they think they're eating a cake, and it's really, like, a dead carcass. Yeah, they're, and, yeah, they're being they... up a pinata, it's really a rat, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty much like that, but it's this really dark, and it, um, and it's all definitely a, a sort of, like, metaphor for, like, suffering with, like, mental illnesses, because you meet these children along the way and other characters who suffer uh, from mental illnesses. So the idea being, like, if you if your whole your whole world sort of turns black and jaded when you have mental illness and try to express to people, like, because if you don't really suffer from depression, my understanding is, I don't know, you know, I've been depressed before, but I don't have depression. And, and people that do, it's like your whole worldview is pervaded with dark. No, definitely. Like, I mean, not to divulge it, but I am, I do have clinical depression. I was diagnosed with it. And it definitely resonated with me as a person because I understand what it's like. Because a lot of people also, like, feel like when they take their pills, they feel like the world's, like, very fuzzy and you don't see it for what it is. Mm. But when you're off of it, you kind of, you feel like you see it more clearly. Interesting. And I think that's kind of, like, what Franbo was kind of, like, was basically, like, these are stopping her from being, like, like what she really sees uh, in the world, and um, interesting. It's just amazing. It's just an amazing game. Finish it. I did. I, I beat it. Uh, 
like I three sittings I think it took me to beat wow. it. It's such a it's Must such be a really good. beautiful game. There's this wonderful cat character named Mr. Midnight and he helps you out with puzzles and stuff like that. That sounds and, poetic and beautiful. No, it's it's a beautiful I mean it's really gross and dark in the beginning and sure. stuff like that, but um it, it does turn into this beautiful game and this like story between like you know a girl and a cat and I felt like because I have my dog Roscoe who I love and I was like, Oh well I mm-hmm. have my Roscoe and stuff like that. So um Wow. But no, I loved that game. Had it come out last, well, in 2016, it probably would have made my list for top three games at least. Uh, it's just, it's just a, a great time. I recommend playing it. It's like on Steam. It's probably like 15 bucks, but I'm sure it goes on sale all the time. Like everything, right? Yeah, but if you like point-and-click adventure games, it's a fantastic point-and-click adventure game. It has a fantastic storyline. If you like horror elements, it has it's really gross and creepy in time. So. Wow. I loved it. Um, so I have to tell something really interesting. You just made me think of. It's a Magfest story. So I was watching a, uh, it was like a the crowdsourced making of a game in, in RPG, RPG Maker. It was it was really cool, and it was the guys who do like a game that was really popular on Steam. I don't want to say it because I'm going to tell some some inside stuff. But it was a game that was really popular on Steam like one or two years ago, like popular like on the level not quite Braid level, but like really popular. Like every website was talking about it about two years ago. Mm-hmm. And and then he did another game since then that was moderately successful. It was pretty successful also, but not as successful. So um, I was asking him because he, he, he was like, yeah, but now I'm going to just really work on these real small projects while I figure out what I want my next big game to be because it just took so much out of me to do that one game and then this the other one. I'm sorry I'm leaving out the details. And and I said, you know, just curious. I hope you don't mind me asking, but how do you support yourself like so you can continue making games if you're planning on doing things that, are, that have really no commercial you know viability? And he says, well, you'd be surprised. He said, those games that I put out on Steam, uh, he's living off those still. They make enough money that he is living off of those games still, uh, which blew my mind. I mean, it's it's really, and he, you know what he says? He says just the, this is what reminded me, just the seasonal sales that they do, like bring in a ton of money. So oh, when yeah. they put like a game like from, two, let's say that was Braid, for example, and they put that out and they're like, oh, well, let's do Braid for four ninety nine for the winter or whatever, like that can just like send Jonathan Blow, I, I don't know, $40,000 or something. I mean, it's crazy. I, I just, I didn't know that indie gaming could be so profitable and, and that you can literally like run your life on that. But that's really cool. I was, I was, it was uplifting to hear that. Yeah, no, no, like I said, that game is, that game is amazing. And I, also, I want to say, like, it doesn't glorify mental illness either. Like, it definitely talks about it in a very real way that you can kind of, like, see it for what it is. Like, I definitely don't want to feel, like, be like it's glorifying being depressed or glorifying being sure, whatever. Sure, sure. So. Sure. Awesome. Cool. All right. Not cool, but cool. I mean, it's a fun game. I don't, <laughs> it's yeah. still a great game. Well, that's really cool when something that, that has a very serious subject matter can be fun. Yeah. So, I'm with it. Um... So I'm going to be talking about a game for my best game, best game of a previous year that is from 2013, but I think the original version of it came out 2012 or 2011. Um, but it is Deus Ex: Human Revolution. So this year, one of my um, I played a good bit of this this year. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my pile of shame games is for this year uh, is going to be uh, Mankind Divided, right? So I really mm-hmm. want to play that, but I realized that I'd only played about two thirds. I got to like Hangshaw. Uh, or for a little further than that, the first time I played a Human Revolution, and I dropped off, and so I never finished it. And I always wanted to go back. And you and I had planned on doing like a video series a couple years back about the director's cut. We never got around to doing it, um, but I had that game bouncing around still, and I was like, "Boy, this is perfect. I go and I'll finish that game, and then I'll get Mankind Divided." Of course, 
all the best intentions in the world, that never happens. What really happens is you play one of the games, and then by then you're so burned out on that type of game. Yeah. It's like if you say, I want to play Assassin's Creed Syndicate, and then you go back and play Unity, and by the time you're done with Unity, you're like, dude, it's going to be a couple months till I'm ready for that. Um, but you anyway, just skip Unity because it's garbage. Right, but I have trouble <laughs> doing that, especially with the series that I love. And I, I want They gave I want, up on that arc. I'm telling you, that arc I is know. gone. Is it really gone? It's like, it's it's Stephen Merchant's character and the hacker girl, and they just sort of like hack people's brains, and they're like, no, yeah, you're doing something. I just, I, 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 I actually thought that the idea of like these... These computer god things, these technological gods, were it's kind of cool. I, I don't know. No, Gina wasn't oh, really shows cool up. until Gina was just she rolls up. Like... She literally shows up and is like, "Still figuring stuff out. Oh, Stay shiny." No, yeah, no, that's, she that's really... what Gina's character turned into. I'm gonna kill all of y'all. Three games later, I'm still getting ready to kill I'm all of y'all. I'm making my plans. So, it, it'll happen. So just to say, I'm still intangible, working on it. But <laughs> once I get there, I'm gonna do something. It's gonna rock all you. You're gonna be impressed. Maybe that's why it's they gonna needed drop two in years. 2017. Maybe that's why they needed two years because they had to get Juno to like materialize. Oh god. Oh. Anyway, but Deus Ex. Yeah, Deus Ex. Anyway, the game is phenomenal. I actually played it with the director's cut, like on and off. So like I, I listened to, I'd say about 50% of the director's cut notes, and there is. There's like got to be ten hours of director's cut commentary in that fucking game. Oh, I can only imagine. It's insane. They're everywhere you go. It's like so. That's why you see those three rocks over in the corner in that bathroom. Uh, this is why we put them there. They're symbolic of blah blah blah. But I eat that shit up. So I was loving every bit of it. And then every time there'd be a little blip, I'd be like, yes, I'm gonna go check out the director's cut footage. And it was cool. All the cutscenes have talk over them. I mean, it's really interesting. But it just shows you like all that goes into a game. Not that we didn't know, but the details are great. And no, so it's, I really... it's still fascinating to, to listen to. That's a great part of coming to Magfest. This is all the panels where you can see behind the curtain, like sort of like this is how it is. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. But I, I just want to say though that. The game is really fun. Um, the the mechanics are great. I you know I really min max the hell out of it. So like I had every aug that I wanted by the end of the game. Like I found every little item. I got every Praxis kit. You know I just really went dug in. And I think I played the game for two or three weeks. I was that intense about it. But I loved it. I really enjoyed the story too. I thought the story was really great. I'm really disappointed to hear that Mankind Divided is like only 85 percent of a game. Like the story, the ending's missing apparently. That's like a thing that happens now. The ending's missing from that game. The ending's supposedly missing from Metal Gear Five. Like, what the fuck? Give me the last 15% well, of my game. Well, there's plenty of issues with Metal Gear 5. I know, Five, I but... know. But Mankind Divided doesn't have the same excuse. They even delayed that, and it's still not finished. Anyway, what were your experiences playing it this year? I had, I enjoyed it. it. I enjoyed it more than when I first played it. But yeah, I remember you didn't like it before. Yeah, because it, it was pre-patched, and it was... Yeah, because we wanted, kind of a mess. To ma- we wanted to make her character one way, like a stealthy, sort of sleuthy dude. And, and, and when you, you get to the first oh, boss, yeah, you yeah. got punished. Yeah. Because... They fixed that since. Yeah, they did, which and... is which is nice. But the director's cut is fixed, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's a fun game. I, just, I, I fell off of it. It was part of that rotation with The Witcher 3, Just, or just Cause 3, uh, a couple others where it was like, Those, I'll play one of these today. How far did you get in, the, in, the, uh, in that one? I got to some part where there was a... I went to an office building to infiltrate, and it was, like, abandoned, and then robots showed up, maybe? Uh, you come out when you went to, um, um, Montreal? Oh, Montreal, yeah, yeah, To to visit the the TV woman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's That's about, that's about two-thirds. I might go back to it. You should finish it. It's worth finishing. It's really got a solid story, and it really has, and you get to, it does that, it does have that problem at the end where it's like, there are three, there are three endings, and it gets, you choose your ending in the last second of the game, you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, all your choices matter. Except you get to choose at the end, you know. So it's fine. Yeah. It's, I understand why branching paths are really hard to do. Uh, so anyway, right. that's my game. 
Alright, well next up we'll take a uh, quick look at another thing. Uh, nah, I was going to do that, but alright, let's look at... Uh, let's take a downturn for a minute. Uh-oh. Uh, we were kind of saying this was a year. So, uh, not surprisingly, there might have been a few things that disappointed us. And so yeah. we're going to take a look at the most disappointing game of 2016. Kelsey, what you got? I'm sure it comes to no shock to Jordan, but uh, Gears of War 4. Gears of 4. Really? Is my most disappointing game. Yeah. Really? The... I thought you guys were enjoying it. No. I mean, like, Gears of War... Like, okay, it's, it's my been a bad it's couple a of years. It's a disappointing game. It is Xbox still fun to play. Like, it's still a fun Gears game to play. The mechanics are solid. It's a Gears game. You can't... Re- unless you totally wreck it. You could fuck it up, but yeah. Well, yeah, but if you follow... They the, didn't fuck the, it they up. They didn't. If you follow the right steps, you follow, you make it... You're, you're gonna be good. Um... But, well, also the problem is, okay. I thought the secret sauce was a little missing because it wasn't quite as It wasn't as chunky and, and stop and pop. Well, the multiplayer didn't grab me. Like, Gears 3's multiplayer was well, just... Well, I think it's also yeah. because of what, which is one of the disappointing parts, is that I didn't like any, really any of the main characters. Yeah. Or really any of the, like, I didn't that's like the team. I didn't like the new team. I didn't like Kate. I didn't like JD. I didn't like Del. Uh, what was her uncle's name? I can't remember. Nope. Nope. Yeah, that's... It's only been two months. No, I know. It was just... Three months, actually. Wow, that game. Ether. Yeah, no, I know. That game, it's just... I don't know. When you come off the heels of Gears, which has such a great cast with, like, you know, Baird and Coltrane, and they all have distinct personalities, and then you go to this game, and it's like everyone's kind of the same, except one's a girl, and you're just... It's just not fun. The story isn't that great either. It's also just... It's basically... Oh, wait happens. a second. There's a girl in it? <laughs> just kidding. Uh, it's... And she shoots a gun? No. I know, oh, right? Fuck, and she dude, like, that, that, has a chainsaw I, on it? You're saying it's not a kitchen simulator? What? No, I know. Um, <laughs> but this, <laughs> this story is not really there. I hope people know I'm kidding. The story's not really there either. It seems like... Basically, the swarm... It, it's, it's set like, up. It's like, hey, these aren't the locusts. Wink. Because they're basically the locusts. No, they are. It's uh, without spoiling, I guess. Honestly, you know what? It has the same problem Halo 5 did. We didn't get to do the show last year. I'm pretty sure that was the easy, disappointing yeah. game of 2015 uh, was Halo 5. What and it was, was it about that? It was all, like, it, it, it was it was so much teasing and set up, and it sets up, the, it sets the stage for a really baller Halo 6. Halo, actually, Halo 5 had a lot of problems outside of just the story. The team was terrible the, outside of when you played as The Warden Eternal team. was horrifyingly crappy to fight. But the gameplay was, the gunplay was still there. So, yeah, the and that, that's what I would say there. about Gears 4. It's just, and it does maybe set up something intriguing if they go a little bigger and broader with the narrative. You know, when a new team takes over, it is harder to do that sometimes. Especially when you but, have such a great and iconic team well, especially, as the Gears team. Especially when you're as ha- when you're hamstrung with the fact that, you know, you're you're a new team, but yet, like what Gears is and the Locust and all of that stuff, like it's very you'd have to change it dramatically if you're going to change it at all. Do you kind of know what I mean? Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. you can't. I don't know. It's so. It's so. It is what it is. So clearly, like it's. It's chunky. It's got roadie run. It's got these weapons with the auto reload thing that makes you get a special clip. It's got, you know, your your characters feel really heavy and they it stop and pop and and then you know you're fighting these like chunky locusty dudes and like if you weren't gonna have that I even remember when in three what were the enemies called in three there were the lambent locusts. yeah they're the lambent but they're still locust and I, this added robots. 
that's cool. I mean, that's cool. I just feel like there's so many. You take, you give a new developer the reins, and they really want to do something original with it, and then you tell them, "But wait, ninety percent of the game has to be exactly the same." And I can only imagine what that's like. I, I mean, yeah, I don't think there was much of a story though. Like, as excited as I was for Gears of War Four to be announced, just because I love Gears, I felt like I didn't need this game to come out. Like, even I, Jordan, like I'm a huge Gears fan. Like, I had a cat named Baird that loved this game. Right. Um, Your hype was not. Intense. My hype was not there. I literally only decided to buy the game because I was like, I guess it's out today. I, guess I, I don't think buy anybody's it. hype was intense. Did you hear anybody pumped about Gears? Gears like came not and went really. with a whimper. It's not on anybody's game of the year list. It wasn't that great. No. I mean, you know, like Halo 5... I, I almost forgot about that, but it didn't make it. Back in the day, Gears was like I'll say, top three of the year. Every year it came out. I'll give Gears this. It didn't... It didn't. It's been interesting being at MAGFest and hearing people talk about Halo 5 in retrospect and how the, the narrative of the, camp, the press was basically just a big lie. It's like, Gears didn't do that. It was very much like, oh, your dad's going to get kidnapped and there are new enemies. So it, it, it was honest. There's a lot of intriguing stuff, like the fact that the COG is basically a fascist state now. Right. And... Yeah, but there's, like, so much story that happens before you even pick up the controller. That's the problem, yeah. Like, they don't like... show you the good parts? The... Well, they don't show you the parts that would, like, ingratiate you towards, like, the characters that you're playing as. They so just many people forget that Start your characters, and they're just like, well, we'll ingratiate you with the characters through gameplay, which can work, but, like, every character is basically the same character for the most part. Mm-hmm. And, same reasons. Yeah, same reasons. They all, like, crack wise, too, which I don't mind, but, like, you know, when you're all having cracking wise, when yeah. you're just all doing this, well, the, the, it's the, like, the, they're the, all the same They were character. very iconic before. You had Coltrane, which he had, was, like, the heart of gold football player archetype. Mm-hmm. Baird was, like, the scientist, like, a little bit too sarcastic for his own good, right? Yeah. Um, and then you had um, Marcus, who was, like, Again, a heart of gold, but, you know, he's the leader. He knows how to make the tough decisions. And then his partner, who's, like, the emo dude, and what is it? Maria! <laughs> Dom with Maria. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, and, and, and it really, they, they really fit, like, four very clear archetypes. But, and then they, and then they, they, they drew outside the lines on those archetypes, made them really good fleshed out characters well, that you even, loved. The voice acting was great. It was solid. No, it's even amazing, because, like, even the, the Carmines, who, like, in, like, the first two, you barely really, well, Benjamin, you hang out with a lot, but, like, Anthony, like, I like all of the Carmines better right. than I like really pretty much anyone, any of the new people from Gears of War. And they're, yeah, like, faceless cog for the most I, part. I don't know how to go that far, because the first one in, in, in. There's one just basically was there to get shot in the no, face. I, no, I like Anthony. I actually, no, I, I literally do like Anthony better than like JD or like Kate. Aww. Maybe not Dell. Maybe Dell could beat Anthony. That's That seems a little That hard. is hard. I can't go that far because I mean, I did not. Anthony wasn't a character. He is if you go through the tutorial a lot more. <laughs> I, I played through most of them again. And I was like, you know what? These games are really good. No, uh, I, I don't know. Like I said, I would, I almost agreed with this. Uh, it was. As your most disappointing? No, I did not agree with this. I'm pretty sure I agree with you, but we'll see in a second. Uh, But yeah, Gears of War, anything else to say on that one? No, I mean, like... I hope Gears of 5 is good. You know what? Gears of War 5 does set up a storyline that is decent. Gear 5. I don't want to spoil it, but it's kind of like... If you've played a certain game, you can kind of figure out the Gears of War 4 storyline, and then you'll figure out where it's going from there. That's vague. So... But good. Anyway. That, so it's a little, yeah, for me, but that's, yeah, that's about it. They had Titans in it. <laughs> they did. You did play basically Gypsy Danger <laughs> at one point. Anyway. All right, Rich, what is your disappointing game? Um, so I did not go with the one that you're going to mention. Um, I have reference to that game later. Um, 
my most disappointing of the year because I have another category for that game. Um, my most disappointing Whoa. is what? <laughs> now I'm wondering how hot you might come in, but let's see. Anyway, go on, go Pretty on. Pretty fucking hot. Jesus. Um, anyway, so my most disappointing game of the year, barring that one, which we'll talk about, is ReCore. Um, ReCore is a game that is incredibly disappointing because of the pedigree, because of the potential, and because of the unfinished nature of it. Now that we've gotten to this age of you're either an indie title or you're a triple-A title, and like nary the, the twain shall meet. There's very little in between there. And this game was shooting for, and then once in a while you get a game that's shooting for the AAA status but doesn't quite make it, so they charge $40 for it instead. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and, and Record was that game. So they realized it wasn't long enough. They realized it wasn't quite finished. They realized they didn't have a big enough team and enough you know, time to really make it the AAA $60 game it needed to be. And therefore we got like a two-thirds of a game or a little less. This game has is is also believe it or not from the mighty number no. nine team KG and Afune's sort of like thing that he's doing now. I don't know what you call it. It's got a name. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about the new Mega Man stuff. Um, mighty number no. nine. Yeah, but 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 the, there's yeah. a studio oh, yeah, yeah, that's doing both is. those games. But anyway, um, so KG and Afune was involved. His studio was involved, and it was and, and the people who made um, Recore. Where the or a lot of the development team, like the creative director of Record, was the creative director of Metroid Fucking Prime, and Metroid Fucking Prime Two, and Metroid Prime Three, and a lot of members of his team, um, which, which is now like Armature Studios, and it, it gets really complex. But the point is that, that the pedigree of developers working on this project was, uh, you know, unsurpassed. Amazing pedigree. The game is so much potential. It is like a Metroid-type game where you run around. You're a girl. Great character, by the way. And you've got, like, a dog with you, but it's really, like, his core that's his personality. And, and you know, the, the conceit of it is you have these four different, like, metallic buddies that let you do different things. So the dog is really good in combat, and there's another character who can break through, like, walls. There's another character who lets you do, like, this amazing platforming thing where you... It's like a spider, and it can grab on ledges and do this really fast-paced, great jumping stuff. You have, like, a triple jump, so, like, you can jump and then do another jump and then use a little rocket boost, and it has all these great platforming challenges. You, you It has, like, this color-coded enemy damage versus whatever, you know, color of shot you're shooting, like, weapon system that's really fun. It's frenetic. It's fast. It's got a good story. Everything's great. And then the game just like goes off a cliff. It's just missing something. It it's not quite polished right. Um, I didn't I didn't go all the way through it because I was told that by a certain point, like it literally is just a completely empty world, and you have to run through it and collect cores so that you can access like the basically the boss room. Mm -hmm. So it's basically like you play the game, you play the game, you play the game, and when you're at seventy five percent, it's just like okay, do busy work for the last twenty. 4% so you can get to that boss door and then beat the boss. And That's it's like terrible. crazy gating system to try to like extend the length of a game that didn't have the time to be as long as it needed to be. Mm -hmm. Long story short, it's a game with a ton of potential. It's like a platformy Metroid <coughs> Prime like great third person shooter. And that's a genre we don't get much. You know what I mean? Lots of exploration. You know I love a Metroidvania 3D or otherwise. Um, and it just it just missed the mark in a lot of categories, so it was unfortunate. But uh, Record, uh, for those reasons, was my uh, most disappointing. I also had an honorable mention of uh, Super Mario Maker 3DS. I picked it up recently. <laughs> I picked it up like two days now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it's uh, there's nothing to do. There's nothing to do in it. That's it's my honorable mention. Yeah, okay. No, it's just there's like... nothing. To, I'm just want to point it, put a little sh a shot out there. <laughs> I, I haven't touched it, so I just want to put a little shot out there that. 
you if you want to play other people's levels in that game it just says hey recommend some courses to me and like five levels pop up like that's literally how it works oh, oh, there's like a hundred original levels in there right uh it's like it's it's it, there's 18 worlds and they have four levels each but they're short hmm. so I, I mean i'm playing through them I, I just think it's pretty disappointing yeah. so anyway we'll see jordan uh what's yo's well, i guess i shouldn't talk too much because uh, i didn't Okay, uh... Yeah, you gotta Z- say it. Zero Time Dilemma was yeah. my most disappointing game of the year, and I hate that. Um, I know, I hate it too. I was really looking forward to Zero Time Dilemma because Virtue's Last Reward and 999 are two of my favorite games ever. Uh, I'm pretty sure they were on my top ten when I made it a few years ago. I, I feel confident. If not, they belong there. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Those games are... They're they're godly. I, they're, the storytelling in those games is better than almost any science fiction, speculative fiction thing I've ever read in my entire life. Yeah, um, but Zero Time Dilemma, you know, it's hard to be too too mad at the game just because it almost didn't exist. It only existed because of immense fan support and demand, uh, and he got the resources he got to make it, and so it is shorter. It's about a half to a third as long as Virtues, um, maybe about, I forget how long 999 was, it's probably Maybe a little shorter than that, but definitely shorter than Virtues. And it's, uh, I don't know, the puzzle, the puzzles don't work as well. It switches from text to 3D, like, movie scenes, and mm, they do all right. Uh, that's a, that's, a, that's biggest, generous, man, that those scenes look all right. If the story was spot on, I wouldn't say a peep. The biggest problem, it has a lot of good moments and a lot of uh, solid enough reveals, but the ending is a little... You know, it's one of those games that in retrospect and considering, I really, I wonder how much more I would appreciate and like it if it hadn't been four years since uh, Virtue's Last Reward and if it hadn't been even longer since 999. If I had just played those games back to back instead of reading a quick, synop- quick synopsis, because my initial disappointment was much bigger, but in reading the wiki and looking at the way things were explained and remembering a lot of the plot developments from the first two games, it was a case of going... This is in line with that. It's just I don't remember a lot of the stuff. And a lot of things are glossed over. And certain characters definitely get kind of dropped. Like like the um, two of the characters from Virtue's Last Reward who were like the main characters kind of don't get as big a role in this one as it felt like they were going to get. Yeah. Um, particularly with the way Virtue's Last Reward ended. Who were but, you referring to? Um, uh... Phi and um, Sigma. Yeah. But yeah. the... Truth of it is, it it does end the series, and while it wasn't the most satisfying ending possible, I am glad that this game existed. I wish the puzzle rooms had been a little more challenging. I do think this is the easiest set of puzzle rooms in the series. Uh, I wish it was longer, and I wish... You know, I like the idea they went with with having the three different groups in three different areas of, of the same prison. Um... But the way the story was told was so chopped up with, like, every 90 mm. minutes they go to sleep and, they, and then they forget everything. So you could experience the story in different orders, but it it made for some weird moments with reveals. And so I wish it had been a little yeah, more Yeah, we structured. got, Jordan and I both got one of the characters completely destroyed on us because of the order we took. And, and I mean, it was just, when you find out this one thing about this character, you can't watch that character anymore. Like, it totally tells you, when you know how horrible, I'm just going to say how horrible of a person, no, I'm not going to say who, I'm going to say how horrible of a person this this character is when you realize, like, the depths of depravity of this person, you can't, there's no, there's no watching them talk anymore, there's nothing to say, there's nothing to think about, it's, there's no, like, oh, I wonder what the nuances of this character are, no, 
character's a zero at that point. So, you know? Might not go that far, but it, close, it was a bummer. Man. It was a it's bummer. It's close. Um, so overall, it's hard to be mad, because again, this game... The, uh, the alternative is literally that it doesn't exist, or it is exists in this state. And while it's not the best game in the series, it, it, I mean, it is the lowest point of the three, but uh, it was a bummer in a lot of ways for a game that I'd looked forward to for four years. So, yeah, Zero Time Dilemma, my most disappointing game of 2016. Did You, you went first, didn't you? So, wait. No, Rich went first. Rich went first. Oh, no, I did no, go first. Go first. Disappointing. We're so professional. Well, that's, I all right, got this. that's but, good. That means I go first on the next one, and that's good because we'll do our special category now. You want to do the special So now? I can do that so I can talk about that. Oh, you created a category <laughs> about that. All right, Rich, uh, what is your special category that is... Okay, so we all got to design our own category for the year. My category... Let me read you the title. Okay. <laughs> Most cataclysmic letdown <laughs> that damaged an entire series for me. Good lord, give me a second. Hold on, I don't But that I don't completely hate. I think I have one. This this might not. Go ahead. Is it zero time? <laughs> oh, you mean we all make a, we all have to say what? Well, no, just as a fun bonus, not not. Oh, like okay. Because I wasn't coming up with a category you guys could actually talk about. Okay, That's yeah, fine. Yeah. All That's right. Fine, like, um, this is a special achievement award. Gears of War for it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, honestly, zero time dilemma to me took characters that I love from the uh, from previously in the series and ruined them on me, and I hate that. Like I, now this is now I can't. It's hard to again. I'm with you where it's like it's hard to hate the game because a it might not have even ever happened. And if that had been the case, I would have just felt so. We felt so. I I'll speak for myself. I felt so let down and disappointed and just like like a like a tragedy had occurred when this game wasn't going forward for like many years. And so like the fact that it exists is awesome. But I didn't really have fun at any point when I was playing it really. Um, and. It took certain characters, most particularly, um, what's her name? The one, um, Akane. No, the Defy. No, um, the girl who had it was in an abusive marriage. I forget her name. <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, not anyway. Not Luna, but but yeah, related to Luna. Anyway, it took a character that I loved. You know, it's it's hard to say it's that same character, but it's a related. It, it took a concept of, of that game that I loved, and it it just see because basically what what happens with zero time dilemma. This is a point that Jordan didn't make, but and this is known by anybody when you go into the game is that this one takes place what in the middle is it? Yeah, it takes place in the middle of the series of the three games. So chronologically, so basically you're seeing stuff that happened that led up to the stuff in Virtue's Last Reward, and so. Knowing this backstory, I like it it, it. it it damages. Luckily, I had the Virtues Last Word experience already, so it can't like retroactively damage my first playthrough of that. Mm-hmm. But if I had played this first, which of course you never would, but so that's a weird mm-hmm. argument. But the point is that I, I I almost want to go far enough as to say that it damaged characters that I love and my memories of them. I, I really no, have I mean to, if that's how you feel. I really have to say it went that far. It's hard to it's hard to go there. I really don't want to hate on it. It's the, it's the same guy. It's his brain. He wrote this of the stuff that I worship so much. But then again, you know, George Lucas came up with Jar Jar and and the prequel trilogy. I mean, not everybody not everybody always kills it. It's just 
I almost feel like he made certain sacrifices in making this game in order to get it made, like make it. I don't feel like those things though. Not like, those certainly things. Certainly, those it's more things the story are, are things. specific characterization choices. So. Yeah, and I don't love those. I don't love the characters. I don't really like you know who Fi. I mean, who uh, Sigma turns out to be. Really, he's okay. He's, he's cool, but and also that the characters look so different. That's why I was going that direction with like he made them three D models because I felt like he kind of was probably pressured to, and it, because they look different. Different and coupled with the different characterizations that I felt, it, it just made them feel like not the same characters to me. I really feel like I was barely watching the same characters. It, it felt really disconnected. I didn't hate it, but I really wasn't ever having fun. I didn't really love the puzzle rooms. I, I don't know, man. I didn't have a single moment the entire game that was emotionally, like, devastating. Like the Luna moment. You know, for example, from Virtue. I don't like know, that, I moment, see... that moment was emotionally devastating to me, and, and it just hit me so hard. And for something that's basically like just like a little picture of a character's face and text on the screen to move me like Virtue's Last Reward did, this game didn't have a single moment that did that for me. Now, it was clever. There was some clever little, like, twists. I love a twist. But, and the whole conceit of having them separated in three different rooms... And then, you know, there's reveals about all that, but regardless, it means that for, you know, majority, if not all of it, the characters are separated, and I just, I don't know, it's it's too bad, it's just, it was just, it was just, yeah. it was about as bad as it possibly could have been from that developer, I would go that far, I think, with, as I smart liked, as he is. Again, I, I liked, the, the moment, some moments did affect me, honestly, the ones you like, not because I thought they were fun or nice but i mean they were unsettling moments but i thought they were realistic so that's why to me they worked mm -hmm. in a good way but no i mean I, it, it, I, it is understandable it was not a great game it's too it's, it's unbelievable that we'd be saying this if i had if i had looked at this game in advance when i looked at it i knew we were finally getting it I, a i was just so thankful to get it and b i was just like this is going to be amazing and, and and i even had my expectations somewhat tempered but i'll tell you some of the reviewers we're like it's the best in the series. Yeah, I don't get that. I don't know. It's it's anyway. So so but, for me it is, and I, I'm going to say it one more time because for people that don't remember, it is my most cataclysmic letdown that damaged an entire series for me, but that I don't con completely hate. I guess zero I'd, time dilemma. I mean, I guess <clears throat> I'd say gears for that. Eh? Did it damage an entire? I'm saying series that fits it best. It does damage it a little. A little bit, not a, not cataclysmically, but a little bit. You gave it disappointing. I did, but I'm not like, man, yeah, fuck all the Gears games now. Because I went back I and I played that. those. Neither am I. Oh, like I don't that. know. Also, don't think it didn't damage characters either. To me, maybe it did. You like Marcus you. still? I'm as not. Much? I, this is a ridiculous ca specific yeah. category. No, I'm just saying, is there a game you have that it would fit better than Gears? I'm saying it's still a square peg in a round hole, but that probably fits the best. No, it fits the best. Yeah, I don't. And a very awkward. That end. does that. But uh, <laughs> all right, I guess I'll do my special yeah. category. So uh, th there was a category I was considering putting something adjacent to this into for a little bit, and I was like, it doesn't really fit. So I came up with a category where it's like I went with. The best world flavor, like something in a game <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> that, give, that gave it life or that was unique or was a cool just moment or visual or just something in a game that set it apart and... Like, like, like best swagger kind of thing? Well, best, you know, it could be, you know, stuff in data logs or an audio diary or, you know, Kelsey clearly knows what it is. But just something that added an extra little... 
bonus to the world that, you know, it didn't need to be there. You okay. could take it out completely, right. but it was really cool. Uh, and for me, this would be the screenplay for Time Knife <laughs> in oh. Quantum Break. <laughs> because I stopped. Like, Quantum Break is a game that I couldn't put it as disappointing because I had zero expectation for it, but was a pretty meh game overall to me. Uh, but the, the moment stopping and reading the disgruntled employee of, uh, what was the name of the science lab in that game? Was it Monarch? Monarch, yeah. yeah. Like, the disgruntled Monarch employee's screenplay for Time Knife, uh, I think that's the highlight of Quantum Break for me. Yeah, and first of all, also, this should be, in case you don't know, Jordan and I love really crappy, old action movies, and Time Knife is basically our dream screenplay. It's so bad, and <laughs> it's just like... It's guy. It's the villain going. Ah, yes, I put that there before you got here. So now I'm not dead, and you actually shot my double. Ha ha ha! I'm going to marry your love, who is just a woman that the guy has a crush on in the office. Yeah, no, and all the characters so... are analog to people who are actually work for Monarch. So like the bad guy is, I think, just Peter Baelish's character. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. It it it, it was it's, so it's, silly. It's about it. It's about a guy who's like that guy at the office who is. Um, uh, feels underappreciated, feels like he's, like, the smartest guy in the room, but nobody gets it, and he's, like, striking out with this, like, screenplay that, that casts him as the hero and his evil boss as the bad guy and the girl that he's obsessed with at work as the love interest. And it's basically, like, his fantasy, but in a really fun tongue-in-cheek way, right? Yeah, it's just... It's a ridiculous script, but of all the little touches to a world that didn't need to be there, you could take out... It just it ended up being a highlight of me for Quantum Break. So, uh, yeah, best I, I, I titled it best in world lore, but really best in world element. Uh, anything you could think of that like jumped out at you this year? Yes. Which okay. Was it Time Knife? I mean, Time Knife is, but I'm not gonna <laughs> say Time Knife because this also was a really great moment. Was playing Gears of War four and finding Marcus's orchid and tomato garden. <laughs> That and him pretty... freaking the fuck out because the storm was going to ruin his tomato garden was one of the best things. That's a great, sounds like a great scene. No, it, it was, because you think of Marcus, gruff, old, sort of like, ex-marine type dude. Grizzled is Grizzled still. Grizzled fuck still. And then he's all like, my tomatoes are gonna get ruined. And it was hilarious. And Jordan, because Jordan played as JD, he went around and he was just like, screw you, dad, like shot all the tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, JD so has was... a lot of dad issues. <laughs> yeah. uh, so anytime, anytime Marcus <laughs> would say, don't do something, we were just like, ah. <laughs> So it was a nice bit of emergent storytelling, yeah. but also, yeah, no, the tomatoes, <laughs> the tomatoes were silly, but were fun. Silly. But, but no, it was a lot of fun because it was just like not a character choice that I would think of when I think of Marcus of having like this like really baller garden. <laughs> it was it was legit. It was. Uh, anything on that for you, Rich? Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything that that I really enjoyed um, along those lines. I'm looking back at my game list here. Um, hmm. If not, that's I'll cool. think of something at some point, but no, not yet. All right, Kelsey, what's your silly bonus category? Yours might be, like, something realistic that we could just have off the top of our heads. I know, right? Well, it's also fitting because we're at MacFest, which is Music and Gaming Festival, so mine actually is, because I wanted to also talk about this game, was favorite soundtrack oh. in a game. Good um, one. And my game is The Flame and the Flood. I That game, first of all, is just beautiful. It just is a beautiful game. And that soundtrack fits it so perfect. It's this nice blue, bluesy, bluegrassy sort of like folk music and you're just 
So we're going down the river with like nice twangy banjos and steel guitars, and it just really, really gives a great immersion into the, what, the world. Uh, if you remember, there was a day when I was over uh, at Jordan's. Yeah, I played I was, it for you for a little bit. And I was like, "Will you put that on?" Because you were talking about it, and it was just hard for me to imagine like what it was. Mm-hmm. And when you played it, like as soon as you hit the river for the first time, the music kicks, and it was just beautiful. Oh, I mean, it just, just takes you there. Yeah, it's just, it's so, so well, like the best music does. Yeah, no, it is. It just, it fully immerses you into this world, which, if you don't know, it's, you're this girl, and you're just basically going down a river trying to, it's like a survival type game, like kind of like Don't Starve-esque, and you're trying to make it to, like, land, basically, because in this world, like, it's kind of like Water World, I guess, like, water is, like, filled up a lot of places, and there's not a lot of people where, places where people can live, and, um... It's a really simple story, but it's a lot of fun, and it's just a beautiful f- game, and I, it's uh, it's on Xbox One, so if you want to check it out, you like bluegrassy, bluesy music, I would suggest just listening to the soundtrack. It doesn't really... I bet it's, you it's not, on Spotify or something. I bet you it, it probably is, yeah, because it's not like that game specific, it's just a, just a beautiful music that they overlaid over this beautiful game. Nice. Cool. Soundtrack, Rich. Oh, man. Let me look at my list. Um, hmm. you think of one, man, while I do it. <laughs> Alright, uh, for me, the thing I got would be, I'm actually glad you picked this category because music is really nice. Uh, oh, is it? That was good. <laughs> uh, deep thoughts. Deep good. thoughts. Uh, for me, the best soundtrack, hands down, um, Pokemon Sun and Moon. Um, that's, yeah. I'm a big fan of Pokemon music, uh, but X and Y did not leave a big impression on me in this regard. Uh, Black and White Black and White 2, that whole generation still has all of my favorite themes, but uh, Sun and Moon brought it with, like, Gladian's theme, Guzma's theme, the General's Team Skull theme, the, you know, I don't want to give away the character's name, but the, like, final big fight theme against the baddie, um, the Champion's theme, the Elite, there were so many good songs in this game, I just say, keep saying the word theme, uh, but, oh, the Rival theme. Man, no, yeah, I could just keep going. But there was just no point where I was like, let's turn off the music. Um, I mean, if I was watching a TV show, but whenever I had the chance, I was like, look, crank that, because the music was fantastic. Um, So Pokemon Sun and Moon would be music for me. Word. Uh, I'm just trying to think if there's anything on my list that would, would, uh, that means, oh, I know. Uh, I haven't played enough of it to really know, but Final Fantasy XV. That game's gorgeous, and the music is phenomenal so far. So I'd say FF15. Really been enjoying the music CDs of the old games. <laughs> the battle theme's pretty good, but uh, I haven't yeah. really noticed much outside of that yet. Okay, I've been enjoying it, but I hear you. All right. All right, uh, what's next? Well, that brings us, we're going to start off the big three uh, right quick. So, Rich, start us off with your number three game of 2016. So you're not gonna believe this, but it ha- but a lot of this is is a result of I didn't get there's a lot of games I didn't get to play yet. However, much like when Resident Evil Six, when I picked that game as best game of the year one year, I had to look at a game that I played all the way through to the end, and then I enjoyed the entire time I was playing it. This is not a game that resonated with me since, and that I've thought about a lot. However, I really enjoyed Quantum Break while I was playing it. And the reason I really enjoyed that game is I thought, and this is very different than a lot of critics, but I thought that the TV series thing killed it. I love the TV series. I don't care that it felt like a sci-fi show filmed in Canada. I don't give a fuck. I enjoyed the shit out of it. And I love the characters in, in Quantum Break, especially Beth Wilder and 
you know, that hacker dude that's in the TV show is a little bit ludicrous, and he doesn't do the best job selling it, but, you know, the girl that's with him is cool, and I just, so I remember telling you, Jordan, throughout the year, I was like, it's great, right? Because every time I sit down to play video games or, or, or watch TV or watch a movie or whatever, I'm always like, ooh, what do I want to do? Do I want to play a game or I want to watch a show, right? And in this case, it's like, ooh, good. I can play a game for a little while, and then a show will just be part of it. And so, you know, because you know, like, when you really get into, like, let's say you're watching a show on Netflix, you're really into it. Mm -hmm. It's like if you're watching The Flash and you're really into The Flash, the last thing you want to do is, like, leave that world and go to a different world. But this allowed me to have that more passive experience interstitched with my video game experience. Well, that's perfect for a problem that frequently comes up. It really right is. Now, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, I and also, I mean, I really enjoyed the game. I think the mechanics were the weakest part, but it was fun. Um, I certainly like it better than I like Alan Wake. Um, you know, I got so sick of shooting shadows off dudes. Man, was I sick you of doing You and Tim, you will, not, you will not miss a chance to get, do that game dirty. But dude, Remedy, man, it's the most, it's the most recent game. But yeah, um, but I, I enjoy Quantum Break a lot, and so, you know, for me, it's a game that I played all the way through. I love a good, like, cinematic action game. I love one of those, just just, just in, in and of itself. Like playing a Gears campaign, or playing Quantum Break even more so, and just that type of thing, I just really enjoy. So I, for me, Quantum Break was my number three pick. I think there are some things that will knock it off that spot when I play more stuff uh, that happened in 2016, but right now, if I had to look back, the things I enjoyed the most... Quantum Break definitely makes the list, and I think the uh, the transmedia aspect was what did it for me. Yeah, no, definitely. That's, that's a very like I don't mean it's in the bad, but like a very rich game. Like you, it, it definitely would be a game that would fit fit your niche, sort yeah. of what you really enjoy. No, it I did. mean, and it, it was a fun game, and it's solid, solid ish controls. I mean, the gunplay wasn't fantastic, but it, no, it was a solid. It was an overall solid game. I don't regret playing it. Yeah, way too much time spent in like similar locations. Mm -hmm. um, you you hang out in that fucking what is it a basement or a library or what is that place? The old pool. The old yeah, pool. The place yeah, that you hang out in that pool. There's pools like that game should be called. Quantum Break colon the pool game or something because like there's not only that pool but you're also hanging out at this like really like nice lavish resort house where there's a huge pool and you fight a bunch of bosses around yep. that pool too I mean it is pool fucking city up in that piece but again like you talk about little things like Time Knife and you talk about um, some of the characters in that game and I love when you have great characters uh, that, that you cast like great actors for and I like the Ashmores obviously who doesn't like Aiden Gillen mm -hmm. um, so I mean just by nature of, of what was invested in that, it's just it's Lance just, Reddick. So. Oh yeah, he was great too. And I also one thing I really love about the game. One thing I, I really like is when a game starts, you know, creating its own. I, I'll tell you another thing I like about that game: the idea of time stopping because there's this like juice that is time and it can run out or can be used up. No, I really no, like that idea. It's funny time juice. Yeah, <laughs> I like that true. idea. Not, it is in there. It's an interesting idea that you have like this stuff that. You know, it it it's like the, the like that the that, that the way because like, there's this thing that you're trying to avoid in the whole game. It's the cataclysmic end of the world, and what causes it is everybody freezes and you're just stuck in time. And so when you and when you think about it as like an analog for the fact that everybody's most valuable treasured resource is the time you have left, right? Mm -hmm. And and your time. And so to you know, it sort of turns that into. <laughs> unobtainium, if you will, or something really valuable, or you know, I don't know. It, it's interesting. I like the I like the sci-fi trappings and the lore aspects of that game a lot. No, I like that also that the effect of time travel actually has like real, like it's 
will like it speeds up the things that are happening. Like I hate games when they've introduced time travel, but there's no consequence to using mm-hmm. time travel. It's just mm-hmm. like oh you went back, but this is like consequences. Every time you use your powers, there's a consequence to, yes. to using it. So yeah, no, I think it makes it uh, much more I guess realistic in for lack of a better word because time travel uh, isn't realistic yet. No, so no, no. but <laughs> what? What? Oh no, my past self came. <laughs> uh, but. Okay, oh, is that is that all for yep. Quantum Break? All right, uh, for me, oh, I'm still. I've been just sitting here looking at this top stewing rough top five because I got my top three and my honorable mentions, and I'm just like, God Almighty, this is a tough one because there's some games. You know, go on a little bit of a thing. It's like some games I played all the way through and I played a shit ton of. Some games I haven't played a lot of yet, but I can tell you they're great, like fantastic. I've played enough of. Um, and then there are games where it's like. It almost feels weird to just give them a top position because it's like, no, those are always good. It's like, it's it's unfallible. And so I'm torn. I'm so torn, but I got to change my list a little bit. Um, for me, my number three of the year. He's calling an audible, folks. Uh, well, my number three of the year is actually staying in the place, but some changes are happening. They might change back. Right. God only knows. But for number three for me is a game that actually could have also fit in our pre-2016 category. Uh, game number three game of the year for me is Hyrule Warriors Legends. Um, wow! Which uh, wow. If you might remember from earlier this year. That is a year, game that on IGN got, depending on what system you play it on, a three point five out of ten or a six point five out of ten. Yeah, it did not get great reviews, um, but the original did. Yeah, uh, Hyrule. Well, I think seven eight. Enough. Seven, five Good or enough. Something, yeah. Uh, it, but you know, it's the sort of game that if it hits your sweet spot. Yeah you know, the hills sing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hyrule Warriors I played when I had the Wii U earlier this year, and I loved it, and I played through it, um, and it was just so much fun. Uh, it's Dynasty Warriors meets Zelda, and you'd be surprised how much those trappings can raise the experience. It did a lot of interesting things, too, just with the mechanics and the monsters coming from class. I mean, it just... it it it. I wanted to be in that world. Like, Dynasty Warriors is fun, but I don't really follow the Three Kingdoms. Yeah, if you know the Three Kingdoms stuff and you're really fascinated and you know the, the difference between Wan Yu and Lin Bao, then it's much more interesting. I, those aren't real people, by the way. But, like, I fooled you, right? They might be. Um, Wan Yu is. You were close. He's almost... It was a pronunciation. I played a bunch of Dynasty Warriors. So. Okay. All right. Word. I didn't know I was didn't in the... You play uh, that pre- Warriors Orochi. I didn't play Warriors Orochi. And that was free. Warriors uh, Eroding. Uh, but anyway, I got Hyrule Warriors Legends for Christmas, and what? in a lot of ways, it's just a re-release at first, but it actually, it pumps in a lot of content. I, I mean, have heard that the leveling curve in that game is way better, it's much less busy work, and like, if you want to play it like in a completionist way, because remember when we watched the completionist take on Hyrule Warriors, and like, he literally spent like, I was it 500 hours, weeks it was time, ridiculous, yeah. like, like of actual time. And, and he was just like, I've never played harder to get a completed game. Wait, especially with that map you have to uncover and shit, it's just like... That was pre-all the DLC. Right. Which this game starts out, you you have all of the download maps from the first season pass. And you new have season. story stuff that's new that you don't get. Yeah. Because you know how they always say, like, ooh, you can download, like, Linkle and shit? Not Linkle's Quest. Yeah, the Linkle story Linkle. is there. The Wind Waker post-game. Sia's Tale, I think, was DLC for the original. I honestly don't remember on that one. But... Right. I freaking have had a blast playing this on my 3DS. I, I I can't tell you. I've just gone through the whole story again. I've been doing the adventure map. I've gotten a lot farther in the adventure map. Uh, Linkle's Tale was actually pretty phenomenal. It added a whole mess of new characters. Skull Kid's a playable character now. Tetra, uh, Toon Link, 
Medley. Medley? Metal? Shoot. Man. No. Medley. Medley, yeah. From M-E-D-L-I. M-E-D-L-I. And it's just, it's so much fun. And just for the fact that I played so much of it earlier this year, and then this re-release for me is so good. I mean, there's a little bit of an issue with Pop-In, but it's never detrimental. I mean, like Dice I Warrior said, games... Like, well, you know what my question was. Does it have chunky feeling combat? Yeah, I mean, the combat still feels good. And I'm surprised by how well it works, because there's not really a second stick. The C-Stick, you know, I mean, the C-Stick on the new 3DS doesn't really give you much range I mean, you could work it if you want to work it. But just pushing L to center the camera works surprisingly well, and you got a lock-on system. It's just fantastic. Um, I want to get that DLC pass. I've been doing that adventure map. It it's Now it's just full with literally everything. I mean, this game added maps based on Link Between Worlds... Spirit Tracks, Phantom Hourglass, um, and basically characters from all throughout the franchise. I think the total roster now is 29 characters. That's insane. And that's before you go with weapon variations that, you know, change up how they play completely. Um, I love this game. I'm still playing it. I haven't been playing at MAGFest just because those are long, detailed maps, and also Street Pass is a siren call. <laughs> it is. Uh, but, no, for me... I can't top... believe you guys enjoy that, Them man. sweet, sweet puzzle pieces. Yeah, puzzle pieces. why? Because they're cool. It's it's a collectible thing. It's like yeah. getting the puzzle pieces in Banjo-Kazooie or Diddy Kong or something. Yeah, but... Alright. Uh, but, for me, number three, Hero Warriors Legends Kelsey. Uh, my number three game is probably a game that Jordan's not going to be too surprised to hear, but it's Hitman. Awesome. Hitman's solid. Hitman is solid. I, um, I actually... Did like the original ones? I, I I did play Hitman, Blood Money, and Absolution, and they were they were good games. I liked them a lot. They're they're solid stealth games, but Hitman brings a whole new level to it because of the what the, like the, there's challenges, and there's something else that I can't remember. There's something. No, well, there's, it's kind of like challenges too. <laughs> and like kind of like goals, but it, so you can go onto a map and you can basically play it pretty much however you want. Like I mean, the missions always mess, I, go the, kill these Yeah, two the missions people. always go kill these two people. But you can do it in, like, 15 different ways. Right. <laughs> and it's so... For each of them. Yeah. So it's like, there, there's a shit ton of stuff to do. Yeah, there's so much stuff to do. And it's so it's so much fun, because, like, you know, maybe you like the re- really stealthy approach, and you want to, like, tr- try to find out the, their pat- patterns, and then just, you know, like, garrote wire them and take them out. Or it'd be like, you know, poisoning people, and then you find out, you're like... That's terrible, Kelsey. Did you do those horrible things? I, I mean, no, Agent 47 did those okay. horrible things. But, and it's so, and it's just amazing, because, like, you would literally, like, I would literally pay, play the game and just stalk these people and be like, all right, at this time, he p- passes by this and he takes a drink, so if I have rat poison, I can do this, and this, this is the closest bathroom, <laughs> and I have to do this to get his bodyguard off of him, and you would just, like, it's like, you'd see, it's like, you know... Rain Man, you see in the numbers, you're just like number yeah. crunching. Behind the, the numbers behind life. Yeah. How everything connects. It's like uh, that show Touch. <laughs> Keeper Sutherland, the little boy. Yeah. yeah, it's like the little boy can see all the connections between people. Mazouz, David Mazouz, I want to say the kid is. Wow. His name is I David. David Mazouz. He's, right. he's Bruce Wayne on Gotham. Oh, is he? Yeah. He is. Shit, no wonder you know who the fuck he is now. All right. Well, now what that I deep to say, Touch fan. Yeah, dude, that was some serious Deep Touch. So, um,. <laughs> That came out. All right. Anyway, Anyway, I wanted to say, it sounds like it's the purest expression of the Hitman experience. It definitely is. When I heard people talking about this game this year, I actually heard that Absolution, you know, obviously we all know it was hated by the fans, but I didn't know it was hated so much that IO, about three months after it came out, uh, issued a letter apologizing to fans, saying, we're going to do better for you guys. You deserve better. 
Yeah. Holy shit. No, well, it, it just... Holy shit, know. and boy, did they come through. I just remember Absolution, like, being stealthy was, like... I mean, the Hitman games are hard, but, like, being stealthy in th- those games was, like, ridiculously hard. You like, know, not murdering everybody was real hard. It's also a game that was much more... Yeah, it's much uh, more... Tunneled, yeah. or... Uh, fo- linear. 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 Yeah. yeah, much more linear. Yeah, this game basically is, it's, like, they drop you off in the middle of Paris, in the middle of the mansion, they're like, have fun. And you can go a bit, so many different places. And it's also really cool, too, because um, as how's, you... How's... Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. As you level up, because as you complete your mission, you level up that area, and as you level up that area, you unlock new place, like starting places, and That's you awesome. unlock new items that you can use. You could have, like, like hidden in the, in the toilet bowl, you could have a garrote, or you could have a mask, or you could have a no, rope or something. But, yeah, no, no, you can do exactly that. Like, like there's, like, different caches that, you, and, you know, there's, like, small, medium, large, so depending on the size of your cache is what you can put in it. And so then it's really cool, and, and like, you can vary up your, like, stuff that you take in, because you're like, okay, well, this time I want to take, like, the girl wire and coins and this, because I want to do the kill this way, or mm-hmm. I want to do it this way, so you take in You want to start researching how to do it, and yeah. then you realize, oh, this was a bad decision. Yeah, and then you're like, <laughs> oh, shit. But yeah, like, it's just, it's so, and it's so much fun to figure out the different ways, because, like, you'll be walking, and then all of a sudden, you'll, like, hear a little ding, and it'll be like, hey, you might want to listen to what they're saying, because it's going to tell you how to do this this part, and so then you're, like, literally eavesdropping on people, and, like, it's like, hey, did you know so-and-so is going to be in such-and-such room at this time, and then it's like, oh, hey, Agent 47, you kind of look like that person, so, and then you can do it that way. Or it's like, hey, there's this, like, really big dude who's coming in, and, like, no one knows what he looks like, and then it's like, oh, well, if I dress up in a suit and grab a thing, I can do it, I can do it this way. So it's just amazing, because, like, the world uh, rewards you for exploring it, and it the game rewards you for completing it. Because, like, in a lot of Hitman missions, like, it was, like, once and done. This is not the case. This is, like, you're done, and you're like, holy shit, I can do it this way now. Or And that, that's the thing. It's episodic, so that was the point, is yeah. you would get an episode, and they needed to have a lot of stuff to do. There was a lot but of stuff that, to do. But that drove gameplay that's just amazing. I mean, it's that yeah. that, that mm-hmm. idea of... I mean, think about how cool it is, right? If you were a game developer, episodic is such a smart thing. You put out one game. You put out Absolution, for example. You get reviews. You get one week, maybe two of buzz. If you're talking about Kotaku, maybe you'll get a month. And if it's Destiny or Division, they'll continue covering it. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Like, you get one go at the, at, at the thing. So you're going to sell a lot of copies. And then if word of mouth doesn't take off like wildfire, nobody's talking about your game anymore. Hitman got six bites at the fucking Apple. And then when they Seven, put, and then when they put out bonus. the And then they'll put out their final version, and that'll be eight. And, you know, the and then season, season two starts. Right, and then season, season two season starts. Two. I mean, think about how much better that is from a marketing perspective. And then also, it's bite sized, so you're really into it. Like, you got you got, you got got just the starter pack, Jordan, at first. I, 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 I question calling it bite sized, because that, like, I got 15 hours out of that, yeah, that yeah. first set. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's it's, an it's the wrong way to no, put it. No, I get it, what but, you're saying, yeah, though, but it's, chunks. Yeah, you can look at it in chunks, and you can. You can take that one mission and, and you're like, oh, I had so much fun doing that. There's nothing else to play, so I'm going to go deeper into that. And wow, I'm so glad I did. And then they have their uh, escalations yeah, then that give the, like, bonus missions to do in each the thing. And then they have things that go away, too, Yeah, there's right? like the, yeah, the, the, the hidden people that you can also... The assassination attempts? The, oh... What are they called? Targets. Uh, elusive targets. Elusive yeah, targets. Yeah, elusive targets. Yeah. Which is also amazing, because then it's like, oh, well, I really like Paris. And, and one shot it was a really it. cool thing. And then it's like, oh, well, now there's an elusive target in there, and now it adds a whole new mystery to Paris, and you're just like, oh, my God, now I have to go back. And also, the fact that you only get one shot at it, Mm -hmm. literally only one, is awesome because 
it makes it feel like a real assassination mission. I mean, it it sucks that you can't do it over and over again. Like that's just that's that sucks on one angle, but what it buys you is that that incredible make it, do or die feeling. Mm-hmm. I mean, you literally are in a position where if I don't get this right in every way, if I don't plan it and execute it perfectly, you know, they always the tagline is beautifully executed, mm-hmm. right? If you don't have a beautiful execution plan and executed you lose and that's it just like you would in real life so it's an amazing way of putting turning the heat up to 11 you know yeah no um, that game but that game is and it's also genius. a gorgeous yeah. game too yeah. hitman's pretty fantastic yeah <laughs> hitman's pretty fantastic is that all our number threes yep yep, yep. all of our number all right. threes so we got two more categories before we hit number two and this is gonna take us to surprising let's hit that up first nice. uh what game surprised you this year what game was a, a title that you were like you had no expectations for or you had low expectations or you didn't even know what was happening you're like what's this game it might have been a, you know free game on xbox gold or something like, like better oh yeah mm. Mm. so this is surprising game and i guess i'm starting this one off um i went back and forth a little on this one uh but for me it's a game i had so low expectations for i only got it as a uh, I had offhandedly mentioned it, and I got it as a Christmas gift. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, uh, and that's Titanfall 2, which is just a whole mess of fun. Uh, adding yeah. a camp, that game needed a campaign. Everyone said it. Uh, it was when a it came huge out. mistake. Not that you cannot introduce an entire world full of lore and not give me any way to like learn it. Well, the big yeah. the big mistake, and I think this year does a really good job of, of paralleling that, is if you're going to do an all-multiplayer game, you really have to give people something to care about. Overwatch is they an all-multiplayer game, but it's full of it's a cast of colorful characters with all kinds of lore popping out through the worlds and the dialogue, and, and they're supporting movies. Yeah, short films and comics, and, you know, it's ever-growing. It's continuously being supported. Titanfall was a generic militia versus freedom fighter type story that didn't really have any distinct characters. There was nothing to to grab onto. The only thing that Titanfall 1 had going for it was it really nailed, at least initially in a shallow way, it really nailed the Titan combat and then the the runner, what are you called? Pilot. Yeah, being a pilot. pilot. And that's another problem, is being a pilot was more fun than yeah, getting a Titan. So a huge fun. problem. But that's why I said in a shallow way it was really cool, because mm-hmm. at first you didn't know that. Oh, so no, you're it's still cool to first, both. when you first summon your Titan and it comes down and you're just like, fuck yeah. yeah. And then you're like, oh, they blew me up. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I'm a huge motherfucking target. But Titanfall 2 fixes that simply by going, hey, we're going to have a story, and more than that, we're going to give the, the, the fucking Titan a personality, and BT is a great character. Um, I'm about halfway through. I got past, just past the, um, the big famous time, mission. time control mission. And before that was good too. Blood and Rust has a lot of interesting ideas. I um, love that idea. And that one, uh, just to, just because I've heard a lot about this, you are in a, so a big part of the game that's great is like the controls are supposedly really tight. Yeah, the because they were already amazing. tight. Right. Like the wall but running and the better. motion. Yeah, it's all polished I've heard up. that it's like, I always say Destiny is like the, the industry standard for the best shooting I've ever felt by far. But this game, people are saying, even feels better than Destiny. And it is, and, and in this level, because if you have like amazing wall running and, and platforming stuff in your shooter already, and then you add in perfectly tight gunplay, then you have so many more opportunities than you would in like a Gears game where you're just running and popping up and down. Yeah. You can, you can have these interactive 3D 
worlds that you can interact with and have really cool shit like the time control mechanic and then in this one what is it called steel and blood and rust blood and rust in which they're building it's like you're in a factory right that's building modular yeah homes. as it's yeah homes are being built around you and, and so you like you use have to it like, to transport around the environment you use the homes as platforms and you have to dodge around you have to know when they're going to turn and they're building um, the home around you while you're jumping and so like they'll they'll put a shelf in and you'll have to jump on the shelf and then the whole thing will turn and the shelf is now like a wall so I, it's, it sounds really cool no it's done it. It's fantastic. I haven't even touched the multiplayer. I don't know that I ever will because I didn't really enjoy Titanfall that much in the first place mm-hmm. as a multiplayer game, but the narrative is just so much fun. It's got a lot of life, and it feels like something they could legitimately grow and deepen if they wanted to. I mean, Halo's story is pretty basic when you go back to the original Halo, and I'm not saying it's on that level necessarily, but it gives a lot of hints of cool stuff that you might want to know more about, and I feel like Titanfall 2 is doing that, and I'm really surprised by how good it is. So that's my most surprising game of 2016. Nice. Kelsey. Jesus. My most surprising of 2016 is more of a game because it changed up what I knew or thought about the game. And that's um, World of Warcraft Legion. Nice. Um, that game changed... Like, I'm, I was a huge WoW player. I played from basically start to... And then I quit for a little bit but to now. So What was, the, what was the quit zone? The quit zone was, um, oh my god, Mr. Pandaria was when I quit, and then... I'm just playing for a Hearthstone back, Jordan. I'm not, I'm not re-hooked. I dap the vein. To be fair, though, I did, I mean, I stopped, I've stopped playing I, since I then. I, I, I got my fill of it. A Hearthstone what? Uh, uh, you got a Hearthstone hero. You got Lady Leadrin. She was a paladin portrait that you could get if you got a level 20 character. And I did that, because Lady Leadrin's baller. She's the leader <laughs> she of the Blood Knights. For you? No, she's just a new paladin face that I can use. But she's like the leader of the Blood Knights, and it's I love her. Face? Yeah, it's just the portrait. Oh. What? It's a card game. Doesn't what do you do want? Anything though? It I mean, looks good. She can't even give me a stat boost or some shit no, for she, playing she, twenty she, levels of fucking Legion. No, it's cosmetic. What do you want? She gives I you don't a, want that. <laughs> that's how emotes. Blizzard rolls. That is not how I roll though. No, that's fine. I mean, I also got you know Twitch Prime for Lady Taronda, so it's, I I have an issue. This, um, but anyways, back to Legion for a fucking portrait. Yeah. You subscribe to Twitch Prime for a fucking portrait. To be fair, it's part of Amazon Prime, so it's not like I oh, paid okay. extra money for it. Right. Um, but anyways, uh, back to World of Warcraft Legion. <laughs> it changed up We're all, giving her a hard time, all, all, the, a bit. all the things that I, like, it. kind of... I don't hate <laughs> about, like, leveling. Because it made it so fresh and new. So basically, in this new area, in the new area, um, you know, this, this new world that you kind of go to and whatnot... And what's really cool about it is you get to pick your starting zone. Instead of it being, like, every time you play, you go to, like, fucking, like, you know, if you're an orc, you would, like, to, to Duratar, to Southern Barrens, to blah, 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 blah. Right. That was, like, the leveling. This is, like, okay, well, this time I'm going to start in Vashir. And then and the next time I'm going to start in, you know, High Mountain because I like that area more and, so, and whatnot. And so it also cuts out places that maybe you don't like as much, like, for leveling. So, because you can level out, like three of the zones if you do it really well. So you can just totally cut out a zone you don't like, which I, I like as well. But in, in each zone had such really unique unique areas and had really great story, and I cried in the opening to it. <laughs> and it's just, it was amazing. And it's also really cool because I, my first character that I played through as was a shaman, and each class gets its own special story that, that only that class gets to experience. And in the case for the shaman, you become the farseer, which is like head honcho shaman. And you go to literally like the middle of the earth 
and you're like in charge of all these shamans and your whole mission is that you're recruiting the kings of the elements so like the people who like make the world a thing and you're just basically like hey you're my bitch now (laughs) that sounds awesome and it's amazing and you get to wield these um artifact weapons and if you're an enhancement shaman you get doom hammer which was this just like it's just this iconic weapon of world of warcraft that like thrall and his, you know, Ogrim carried and such, and you always wanted it, but you could never get it, because it was like, you know, but now you can wield Doomhammer, and it's That's so awesome. cool, and like for Paladins, you can wield Ashbringer, which was like this high Paladin weapon, and you're just like, oh my god, I get to be that person, and like, so you're really the hero of the story, like, you're on this massive quest, and That's it's amazing. just, it, it was, it was an amazing, it, it was an amazing experience. Um, Were you able to dive right back in and like play top tier level stuff, like, can you go and just raid? Not really. No, you you do have you'll have to you have to level like with any expansion you have to level and you have to get your gear and they added um you new, gotta get good yeah you, you gotta get good if, if I really wanted to I could have done it but I did that wasn't what I was going back for I was going back for the story because the story is really good um because you basically uh, Legion's like the biggest bad for World of Warcraft and so the Horde and Alliance are trying to like come together to oh, fight cool. this um thing and. So, yeah, so it's really cool because it adds this new element because, like, instead of you against them, it's you and them versus this big bad that you've always heard about but never really dealt too much with. And it was just amazing. It was amazing to feel like the hero of the story and having all these really epic moments when, like like I said, like, you're literally, as a shaman, you're, like, controlling the elements and you're trying to get them on your side to help defeat the the big bad. Um, there are a few things that you miss out if you don't raid and stuff like that, but I'm not too worried about that because... That's in the uh, past. What do you That's miss out? The, you miss out. Um, in, in the raids, you actually fight like Gul'dan, who's the one who summoned the, the Legion, who helps summon the Legion. So you kind of miss out on like the end game story. But like, once someone does it, you can just watch the video for it. So it's not that big of a deal. But it's just amazing. There's all the zones are totally uh, have different. Have you seen the end game stuff online? No, I, I have. I, I actually haven't looked it up. No. Oh, you should. Yeah. See how it ends. Uh, yeah, well, it's You're not... thinking maybe you might go back sometime and actually play it. No, no, I'll never raid again. I, I'm, it's, oh, really? It's, it took up, it takes up too much of your, of your life, and I did that back in the, I was, like, I, I was number one, and I'm done. I, I was, yeah. like, at one point I was number one, and now I'm just like, you know what, that's in the past. That's awesome, though. But it takes up too much, but no. On just, your server or whatever? Yeah, I was, yeah, I was number one, I was a number one healer on my server, I was in, uh, I led the third most successful raid guild on my server, and was in the most successful raid guild wow. on my server. Um, so, yeah, no, so yeah, no, I, I had my glory days, I'm done with that, but okay. it, it just, it shook up everything that I knew about World of Warcraft, and made it feel fresh and new and fun, and I feel like it's also good for new players, too, because you get that character boost, so you can go straight into the content and kind of do it, you do miss a little bit of the story, but if you're a veteran WoW player, it's just so cool to see how all that plays out, and how everything changes again, so. Neat. Definitely. Jordan sounds like he thinks it's awesome. No, I'm just not invested in Warcraft, but I know you enjoyed it. I just like giving you a hard time. I, no, for I me, the thing about World of Warcraft, and I've always said this from the very beginning of ever talking about video games, ever since World of Warcraft ever existed, and that is, I know I will love that game, and that is why I will not play it, because I know how much time it'll take, No, and no, I, I, I want to takes... play other games also. We wouldn't yeah. have Game of the Year if I was playing WoW. Well, I, I wouldn't have anything to know about. Well, what's a game you love that you did play this year, Rich? What's your number three game? No, most surprising. Most surprising? We did do number three. I'm zoned out. Yeah. You are. Your World of Warcraft talk destroyed me. Yeah, it's okay. What's uh, a game that you played that surprised you then? Uh, I'm well, going to 
just blow up. All right, you ready? <laughs> yes. Uh, I was surprised neither of you guys jumped on this one. Um, maybe you, I, because I think that no matter how much you might have been looking forward to it, and I know you were Jordan, and I know you were somewhat Kelsey as well. Um, but there's no way any of us had any idea it was going to be as amazing as it was, and that's Doom. Mm. That game was mind-blowingly fucking rad. That game is so good. The characters, the Doom guy, is awesome. Samuel Hayden is fucking awesome. That chick is fucking awesome. The lore is awesome. The fact that the Doom guy does the exact opposite of what the guy that's sort of leading you around the game tells you to do is awesome. The, the glory kill system is fucking great fun. Uh, 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 the weapons are amazing. Leveling the weapons up and using them and that whole RPG element on this game is so fun. The level design is so fun. Finding secret areas is amazing. The music is amazing. The game is a fucking triumph. And for that game to... For that game to be as good as it is with the development cycle that it had, like that game, like I was saying this earlier, that game was going to be, um, people jokingly called it Call of Demons. Mm -hmm. It was going to be set in fucking America, and you should, like kill demon hordes like in a Call of Duty style Doom game. Which would have been the worst game ever, thank God they scrapped it, and they remade it. It was delayed, it had development issues, it had like too many cooks in the kitchen, and it came out a beautiful brew. Now, I don't play multiplayer, apparently the multiplayer is not that great. Who gives a fuck? It's gotten better, allegedly. There is, yeah. That's good to hear. There is so... And the campaign is long as shit! But and the there's camp- Snap Map. Yeah, and Snap Map's actually a lot of fun. I haven't tried that. Snap Map is a lot of fun, and there's a lot of really talented people who, like, created basically, like, original Doom in it and whatnot. So, awesome. no, 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 Doom was amazing. Doom was, that game really got you into it. Just talk about music that got you pumped up. When that metal would come mm. in and the demons would spawn, you're just like, fuck yeah, demon slam. And then you're just glory killing and chaining and the fluidity of that game, because Doom was always a very, like, it was fun, but it was very punchy and... and, and chunky and, and solid. It, it didn't have the flow that this game has. Ah, so for me... blew me away. I, I love this game. It's, um, not surprisingly, it, can, it was a contender in my top three. Uh, whether or not it made it, we'll see. But I, I, for me, it didn't cross surprise just because I was dead fucking excited for this game from, like, from go, from those E3 trailers. Yeah, the E3 I was ready trailers. For it. I, I was, was like... down, you know, day one buying that. I just... I was, like, ready for this game to be awesome. I knew it was going to be awesome. I mean, I didn't know. I just, it looked fun. All the gameplay trailers from after the, you know, not the Call of Demons stuff. But after when they, like, re-revealed it, I was like, no, I want to play that. That looks sweet. And it was sweet. So, I mean, it was certainly better than I could have hoped. Yeah. But, you know, I, just, that's the reason. I'm surprised you knew how good it was. Uh, Alright, so now we move past Surprised. Because I remember that very vividly about how pumped you were. And I was like, what? Doom? What? Why Doom. the fuck do you give a fuck about Doom? Because Doom is sweet. It was sweet. <laughs> and it turned out to be... Doom 1 and Doom 2 are really sweet. They're alright. No, yeah. they're, they're legends. They're legends in their day, but like, I, I don't know. Whatever. I mean, Bioshock's a legend in its day. No, Bioshock's a legend right now. <laughs> I don't know. Bioshock's we, a legend we right now. We played through Doom minute. 1 through again. It was solid. It was solid. Uh, alright, so moving past Surprise, we're going to go to a character... Character. Well, We're, gonna gonna character. <laughs> We're gonna do character. We're gonna do character, you guys. Alert. Yeah. Favorite character. <laughs> My transition game is on point. I know. Do you so want tight. to? Do so you want tight. to pass the torch? To no, him? no. Hold up. Let me try that again. Uh, so moving past most surprising, we're gonna move on to a category that is all about uh, the the people that really bring a game together 
in the digital sense. All right, now not too much. Now you've done it. You too know, much. developers yeah. are great. We don't know them personally. We've had a chance to meet some actually, so we know a few personally. But these are the people they make. These are their Prometheuses. These are the beings that they get breathe life into. This is best. All right. Character. So anyway, I'm gonna go with my favorite character <laughs> since good. I'm you starting this off. Uh, this. <laughs> Is best character. This is best character. Uh, yeah, no. So since uh, yeah, no, whatever that was. Um, my favorite character, probably not surprisingly, Marcus Phoenix. He <laughs> was a joy. Uh, listen, I love that original team of Gears so much. So if they show up again and if they're like, so you just want them to what? Like murder all the kids in the yes. sequel and Can they just old murder man all gears? the ch- children? Um, and then just old man gears. No, Marcus was a. Ma- no, because you know what was great about Marcus? He actually developed from Gears 3 to Gears 4 into a different sort of person. Like, you saw a different yeah. side of Marcus. Like I said, with his tomato garden and whatnot. His unfortunately dead wife. His unfortunately dead wife, which was terrible. That was, a, that was an unfortunate, just let's kill Anya. Yeah, that was, so that we can have Kate. Not that she died own. in the game. She was just no, already she dead. she was already dead. This is, like, from the go. Um, But no, Marcus, I mean... He's just such an amazing character. I've always, I've always loved him, and he's really funny in this too because like the kids kind of like push his buttons, and he just kind of like you, you children, you churlish and insubordinate, like just this old, just grizzled old man. And it's just, it was funny. I thought it was hilarious. There's these like pods that some of the monsters come out, and you can actually chainsaw them so that the pods don't break open and whatnot. And he literally would look at back at to you and be like, they're not pimples, stop popping them. Stop popping those blisters. And you would just, like, get them all riled up, and then he'd just be like, ha! And then he would stop talking to you. <laughs> and so it was just really fun that he wow. was just this, like, grouchy, grumpy old man, and he had, like, an actual character. Is he with you <laughs> while you're fighting? Yeah, for a little yeah, bit. For a, little for a bit. hot second. He's your he's your he's your fourth. But he was just it was it was great to see Marcus again. And it was great to see Marcus also in a different light cuz he wasn't, you know, the leader, uh, you know, leader of the team and whatnot. He, you know, was retired and was coming back into and too old for this shit sort yeah. of deal. Yeah, so. get off my lawn, blah yeah, blah blah. Right. Basically, right. yeah. Cool. So. Rich, my pick is, is is a quick one. Um I went with... I didn't find there were a lot of great characters this year, to be honest nope. with you. Nope. <laughs> um, I just really didn't feel there were. I mean, the characters in Doom are good. Um, but, like, best character? Not really. Um, so I went with um, Paul Serene from uh, Quantum Break. That's his last name, Serene. I like him. I think he's a good character. No, I mean, it's, you know... I like him in that. I think he's really good. I love Aiden Gillen. He's one of my favorite actors. I love British actors, period, and I love him. Maybe he's Scottish. He's something. He's, he's Scottish. Scottish. Yeah, yeah, I think he's Scottish. But... He was in Sing Street, where he got to be Scottish. Awesome. But yeah, I love him. He's great. Uh, obviously, love him in Game of Thrones. His little finger, where he talks about do how... Like, do you like him when he's warning kids about the Scorch? <laughs> I like that, too! I like that, too! That's the main thing I was really pumped about. I actually I actually went to see the Maze Runner. I mean, I got the Maze Runner DVD and watched it, so that I could then go see the Scorch Trials, for him to say, Welcome to the Scorch! It's awesome. It's awesome, dude. I actually like the Maze Runner better than I like Divergent, believe it or not. But well, anyway, Divergent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like obviously the King is Hunger Games, but Maze Runner is right behind it. Maze Runner is tight. No, the books are good. I read all the books. So Maze Runner is tight. Anyway, um, big betrayal at the end of the second one. Um, mm-hmm. But any, but anyhow, um, his character was really good to me, and all, and he got a movie to, I mean, a, like a like a TV series in there to develop in and. Um, I, I really like him because 
they were able to humanize him to an extent, like, and, and show you why. You know, the best villains, of course, are the ones that think they're doing the right thing. You know, because who doesn't yeah. think they're doing the right thing, right? In life, very few people think I'm the bad guy, and they did that pretty well with him. Um, he, he he's just he's very menacing. He's really good at being menacing, just standing there, just sitting there, just talking to you. Um, very scary what he's capable of. He's a man who has really nothing to lose um, and who and, and and feels like he's saving the world and he'll do anything at any cost, including kill like a young co-ed girl if he has to. Whatever it takes, you know, genocide of the whole world, fuck it. I'm saving a few people so it's worth it. Like, But, then, but yet I don't hate him. I kind of like the guy. I understand where he's coming from. I get his perspective. He's charismatic. He pulls it off. So I think without him, that game would have been a much, 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 much weaker story. Oh, definitely. He, he definitely drove a lot of it because he was such a compelling villain and you kind of wanted to learn more about him. It, it was fun also, the moments where you got to play as yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Those are awesome. Yeah. Because that's how they, the, all the choices in the game are made in his perspective, which mm-hmm. is very unique for a game. Another reason I like Quantum Break. Yeah. I, no, uh-huh. uh, I liked Paul Serene, all right. He was, uh, I feel like he wasn't in enough of the game to me yeah. just because he kind of vanished and then I thought his... Some of his his choices were like, man, one of these is a choice where he's kind of a dummy, <laughs> but I don't know that uh, he he was a, he was a good he was well performed if nothing else. So I, I respect that. Okay. Uh, for me, uh, I went with a character less because they were intr- like an inherently super interesting character because not really, but they they have a, a nice enough personality. But just because they are. Bar none, the most fun character to play as. Uh, Linkle for Hyrule Warriors Legends. That character's awesome. Uh, I've played I've played Linkle in, uh, I have the DLC and uh, mm-hmm. the other one, and just playing as her, she's so, she's a great, great character. They need a game. Yeah, she needs a game. Like, basically, she, gameplay-wise, she works with two, like, twin crossbows that she, like, auto-loads by snapping them together, and basically they're machine guns. <laughs> so, she has machine gun crossbows. Uh, that she just, like, her combos are fucking sweet when they get, like, especially as you level them up, but she can just rain death, um, and she's super fun to play as. Her story is, basically, she thinks she's the legendary hero. And she's <laughs> mad forgetful. Mad forgetful, like, her... Bad her, sense of direction. Her her end-of-match winning cutscene is her, like, being like, yeah, I'm on my way, and looking at a map, and then running the opposite direction <laughs> of Hyrule Castle. <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of, like, she could be smarter, but, honestly, Hyrule... It's not that she's Zelda not has... smart. It's, no, I think there's a distinction. It's that she's, like, a little bit... Flighty. Yeah, she's a bit absent-minded, professor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, it's a care. Honestly, the Legend of Zelda stacked with strong female characters, so it's okay. I, I think it's important when you have representation. You can have a bit of a, a doofy character there. Oh yeah, no, there needs to be it's representation not like the only of all types of people. Dumbass or something, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like you got Zelda and Sheik and Impa and uh, Midnight. Yeah, that's <laughs> stacked. But no, Linkle's just straight up my favorite character to play as because she's just so much fun. Um, and for that reason, you know, I was looking, and there are other characters I considered, like Doom Guy and BT and Prompto from Final Fantasy, but that was about it. So, yeah, this is actually where the Time Knife was going to come in, because Protagonist from Time Knife was on my short list. It was, and I was like, that's not really a character in a game that you play in. It was a character, and it was in a game. But, no, so I go with Linkle uh, as favorite character. Kill you. <laughs> But let's move past that. Yes. And now I'm going to stick to these over the top intros to Please segments. Please don't. No, because no, <laughs> no. I'm just going to start talking then. No, 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 no. I won't go too. I won't go too crazy. Uh, so everyone wants to get the gold. That's what the games are going for on our personal lists. Right. Everybody someone's, wants it. Someone's got to get the silver. 
Someone's got to come number two, and that's what this is. This is our second favorite game of 2016. Wait, to be fair, first is the worst, second is the best, third's got the, the hairy, hairy chest. chest. All right, so What's Rich. your second favorite game? Oh, Rich. Wow. Rich. What's your second favorite game? Yeah. Fling. Uh, I have an interesting one. Um, this is a great game. You guys have played it. Probably won't guess what I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> Given that eyeball. What have I played? <laughs> um, it is called... Uh, well, okay, let me start with a preface. So it came out around March. Um, it is a game that, um, having played Destiny, I was really excited about. Oh, okay. okay. Um, I really wanted to have, uh, you know, another game like this. I heard, we, you know, we heard for a long time what that this game was going to be, you know, really interesting. And it was going to have this, this area called the Dark Zone where... You know, players could turn on one another and go rogue, and but and I always thought whenever I heard that I was like, oh, I'm gonna probably leave that part alone. But like the the part where I'm like doing co-op and like having awesome missions and leveling up my weapons and doing all the cool shit that I do in Destiny, but doing it in a modern day Tom Clancy world sounded amazing to me. And so that makes my game of the year second pick, um, second best game of the year, uh, Tom Clancy's The Division. Um, this is a game that when it first came out. And nailed it. Um, the first 30 levels of leveling up in this game are pure joy. I think you guys would agree it's really fun. First 30 levels? Uh, go do your thing. No, we'll, we'll offer a counterpoint. Really? Yeah. Wow. Will? I mean, yeah. We'll, we'll just say why we might disagree with them. A little. Okay. All right, all right, look. The the thing for me is just that, that it is a great game when it is on. Like, when that game is on point, it's fucking fantastic. No, it is, yeah. Like, the story missions are really good. But it is a lot of power leveling to be able to do the story missions but that's, between But that's them. the kind of game it is. It's You're not playing a campaign shooter. Yeah, but it's not that fun between... Like, the it's it's a lot of... It's very, very repetitive. Yeah, see, to me, that that's that's what... You have to know that. Like, like, like for example, Destiny, playing Destiny... Yeah, that... but Destiny's still fun. Like, I loved leveling up in Destiny. Really? So so you don't find, like, going around and popping heads isn't fun? Not as fun. Okay. I, I, I do... The gunplay is good in The Division, but it's not... It, well, you know, it's also a lot of running around and... Yeah, there's no fast travel. Places there's and, no fast yeah. travel. That is a problem. Oh, well, there is fast travel, but there's it's really very limited and Really janky. few and far between. I, for me, leveling up my... Uh, so, so in the game, you start out with um, like this this center of operations. The idea is that in the division, there's this disease that somebody passes on on, on dollar bills. Certain dollar, dollar flu. The dollar. Oh, that's a terrible name. But uh, there's there's a there's a there's a virus that goes around. Uh, it may or may not be called the dollar flu. Or pretend it it's not. Okay. All right. <laughs> Um, but anyway, no, 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 and and it happens on uh, Black Friday, and uh, so they put they taint some dollars with the dollar flu, and then uh, basically everybody dies, or a lot of people die, and and there's this epidemic, and you know a lot of law enforcement is wiped out, so they have to like activate these agents. They're called the division agents, and they're like there for if the worst happens and the world is under attack, you know, and everybody's dead these regular citizens will be called to action and they get activated, they have little watches, they go beep, beep, you've been called upon. And then you make a character. The character creation tool is very limited, which really bums me out. It's cool because it has diversity options, but it's uncool because it's incredibly, like, narrow. It's weird. It's like it, it, it's like one step forward, two steps back. It was no, there was actually a whole panel about that here. I know we keep bringing up MAGFest, yeah. but uh, all about how to properly do diversity in games. On that note, there's a cool, very interesting game coming called Four Horsemen that 
specifically changes beats in the story and the dialogue based on your nationality background and so that's really we're cool. moving in that direction what's really going to be cool is once they integrate that into a game that's not focused on that you know when it's just like you're playing a game like the division and it's just doing that you yeah, know that's the, i mean that's what you got to work of through, course though. you got to yeah. work towards it you're right i was there's a great lgbt panel i sat in for like three and a half hours it went forever um and it was a lot about that it was about like that now that they a lot of these companies they do it covertly so as not to draw any because unfortunately you know not everybody is as free forward thinking um to not draw the ire of you know certain citizens and certain people who play video games who don't aren't as open-minded they don't tell people they're doing this but they have they actually bring in consultants from the lgbt community some of the best developers do secretly to get the games right and to try to have diversity done right now all the companies do it but some do so things are moving in the right direction in that area so that's good uh, i'm glad to hear the four horsemen story as well but anyway uh so the nationalities are it's good that they're represented there i just wish there were more options. It's, i mean it's limited you're, you're, regardless of like race it's just limited so limited um but anyway once you make a character uh, I was so limited, I couldn't find a guy I liked, and I usually only play guys. So I just don't want to play as a girl generally in the game. I, I, it's hard to explain. It's just like... Yeah, that's what you identify yeah, with. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's just, I just wanted to be a dude, um, and I couldn't find a dude I liked. I, I mean, you are just a dude. Let's. I mean, <laughs> if you're playing in the division, your dude is just a there, dude. There's dude one, and there's dude, dude one. Yeah, you know, basically. maybe dude 1.5. He looks slightly different. I mean, it's bad. Uh, and the problem is the one dude you can pick looks just like this dude Heath I used to know who really sucks. <laughs> That's a very specific problem. <laughs> it is, but but he looks just like this motherfucking douchebag guy I knew. And unfortunately, every time I looked at my character, I was like, oh, and I had to, I had to get rid of him. He had to get iced. He got dusted, man. So I went with a girl who I actually really liked and enjoyed playing, but I still felt a little weird, like I was like fronting a little bit whenever I'd go into like a group setting, and like all of a sudden my mic would come on. I'm like, hey, what's up? You know what I mean? It's just well, like, maybe it's you going, hey, what's up? I wasn't, uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> no, I know. You know what I mean. But I always felt like they must be thinking, what is this guy? Anyway. People, there are a variety of characters online, you know. That online are... multiplayer co- communities toxic? What? <laughs> what was this? What now? What? Uh, anyway, I really like the gunplay in that game. Again, not as much as Destiny, but going from level 1 to level 30 and then doing all the prestiging and getting all of my gear score up and all of that stuff was incredibly fun in that game. And I actually... Uh, the reason I, 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 it's hard for me to understand the, the issue you were ha- you guys were having is because for me, I was in no hurry to get to 30. I was enjoying it. Not only that, but like I would actually try to do every single one of those side missions. Yeah, there were like only three types, and there's five of each type in each area, but I did all of those before I'd go to the next story mission because I just wanted to be... I was min-maxing. I wanted to just be a little over-leveled and really level up, and I was... I don't know. I really enjoyed doing all that stuff, and shooting dudes was fun, and they all had a little variety to them. The gunplay was fun, and for and for the first like for the first thirty hours you play that game, there's enough gun variety that like you're exploring new options and new ideas and different like archetypes of weapons because there's a lot of different let's say SMGs. So like really the archetype then and probably still now is that SMGs and sniper rifles they call them marksman rifles are really like what you play with. At least it was like that for the first nine months of that game. And so like but trying all the different SMGs. Some had smaller clips and faster speed. Some of them had bigger clips but slower, less accuracy, whatever. The all, trying out all that different stuff and playing the loot game and you know customizing your character's gear and your backpacks and watching. And when drops come down, they like this big light lights up like it does in Diablo. Like they really handle the loot game pretty well, and it's only gotten better. And this is a game they're really doubled down on. Like there were a lot of problems with the end game in this game, and what they did was they said, "Whoa." Like, Yumi Massive said, we gotta fix this shit, and, like, they just basically, 
it put off, they delayed all three DLCs, and they just said, we got to get the game right before we start doing DLC. And they did. They put out, like, patch 2.0 or 1.4 or something like that, and it just totally altered the whole loot game, made it easier to get, made it more fun to level, made a lot, just equalized a lot of things, made the Dark Zone fun again. So that's another thing I'm, I want to come, you know, commend them for is the fact that they realized their game was fucked and that people were, like, leaving and they were hemorrhaging. I mean, of course, they're hemorrhaging money, so at that point, they better change something, right? Yeah. All the investment in that game. But, I mean, they have this community developer, Hamish, which is who's always talking about this stuff. He was taking bullets left and right, this dude. And uh, But they really, they addressed the concerns of the community. And I went on and played a couple months ago after this patch had hit, and the community was a lot better, and they were like, yeah, man, it's way better now, and I can't wait till Survival comes out next next month or whatever, and uh, actually, the guy like said, I played Fallout 4, so I know I like survival games. And I was like, I don't know, I don't think you know what you're talking about. But uh, that is not quite survival games, bud. But whatever. I'd um, like to go back. I mean, in all honesty, we we weren't not having fun. It's just we fell off, and then we did. We just didn't get back to it. It's fun. Uh, there were dude. a lot of there were a lot of factors to that. It's not unfun. It was just it was a mix of that. It was a mix of, I mean, the fast travel is a mix of the dodgy outside of main story mission play, and a big thing was the loot system was wonky because we would be like, we'd go up like seven, eight levels, and the game we just would get nothing new to, and the game would keep going. You know, your uh, your loot's out of date. We'd go oh, shops, that didn't happen to me. That's I don't know, weird. It was weird. Yeah, you know, we had that happen a lot. It like, didn't happen to me at all. Where we were like, it was like. You're level seven, and you have a level three. I've seen gun, that happen once or was... twice in the game, but like what I'm saying is, for that to happen often, it just it happened to me maybe once ever. It might have been a weird thing. No, it might Hopefully, have been... it's fixed now. Like yeah. I'd like to go back. You'd it sounds like, like it. they changed a good bit of it and fixed things. They so. they changed the meta completely. Uh, now other other types of weapons, not just SMGs, are viable and like the, in the you know machine gun category and then you don't just have to use the marksman rifle there's other things I mean it really is good and the loot you get feels rewarding now like shit's dropping left and right like where it used to be really stingy mm -hmm. they fix that they always start off stingy they feel like they're worried you know it's like you don't want to give your kids too many cookies too early because then they're not going to appreciate the cookies and then they realize well fuck dude now nobody even gives a shit about the cookies because we're too stingy with them you know mm -hmm. so then they're like here's some fucking delicious green and orange and red cookies and they pop up and it's delicious but anyway, the game is really fun now. I would like to get back and play more of it. Um, but anyway, for all the ups and downs that it's had this year, I it's one of the games I spent probably 40 or 50 hours. No, probably more like 60 or 70 playing solid. And, and leveling up the base of operations is mad fun. No, that is that was fun. There are fun elements to it. I'm not discounting that. And we we made up a fun mythos for our own little characters. So we all were right. having fun. All right, pair. Yeah. But, uh, okay, cool. Any other notes? Uh -uh. All right. So... I'm glad you, I was going back for it, because really the game, the big sticking point for me was, was Hitman 2, was Hitman on the list, or was it an honorable mention? Because Paris was fantastic, mm -hmm. and, and I ended up getting the season pass for Black Friday, and it was just like, I, I started, I played Sapienza once, and I was like, I'm so fried out. Not because it was bad, just because I spent so much time memorizing and falling in love with Paris that I, I just couldn't. That's why the, the the gaps were were important to mm -hmm. the, the episodic structure because they made them so big and complex. And Sapiens is even bigger than Paris and more complicated. So I was just like, no, I totally get it. You started it and you were like, oh my god, like because when you get to the end of such a huge memorization and you climb this top of this huge hill, when you see an even bigger hill, it's like, fuck, I'm not ready for that. Climb. No, and I want to I want to get caught up and I'm, I don't want to just blitz it because they are games. It's a game worth deserving. And so realistically, had I had I gotten on Hitman from the beginning of the year, I can't imagine this wouldn't have been number two, which I was considering, or even number one, just because Paris was that good. 
Uh, so it's honorable mention for me. Instead, I'm going to stick with my original number two, which is a game I definitely played the hell out of this year, uh, Dark Souls 3. Mm. Um, Good pick. I've completed this game two and a half times, um, once solo, once with friend, friend of, the of the show, show Adam. Adam. Uh, and then a third time we had another playthrough going. We played a shit ton of Dark Souls over the summer, and it was a blast. Uh, Dark Souls 3... How was, does it compare to the other games? Uh, you know, Dark Souls 1 is the original, and I think a lot of what Dark Souls 1 does is always going to be the most iconic, and so a lot of what this game does feels a little bit like aping old ideas, because after a certain point, how many gothic horror concepts can well, you really also, have? Well, also, you, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. You change it too much, people are pissed. Dark Souls 2. Yeah, you make it the same... People are like, this is less the same pissed. fucking game. Less pissed. Far less, less pissed. pissed. Like, of course, Awakens pissed. is the late lesson for that. Like, yeah. you know, they gave it was. It's very similar to exactly what A New Hope was, and I don't give a fuck. It was rad. It was, yeah, I loved that's, it. That's kind of what Dark Souls Three is, and it has some cool um, new types of enemies and new ideas, and it brings in a much better fast travel system that is open from the beginning without making the world feel disconnected. I mean, like, Dark Souls 2 problems, it basically felt like you were going to levels again, like in Demon Souls, as opposed to it feeling like a very solid world. Um, Dark Souls 3, meanwhile, does a very good job of, yes, you have fast travel from the beginning, but you get a sense of how everything is connected. Uh, the connection system is there. There is one where you can just easily connect with your friends and play the game, which is not something you can say for Dark Souls or Dark Souls 2. Uh, and I feel like a little bit of... Um, just 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 focus was back and i think the original designer did come back for dark souls 3 uh what was wrong with 2 he no what, not him what was wrong with dark well, souls 2 him not being there as much was a big part but what of made it. it feel wrong like what was missing just the gameplay the, the the lore wasn't as strong again the world felt disjointed and disconnected uh it just wasn't as fun that's crazy isn't it funny how much like you know we talk about special sauce and it's really important yeah, mm -hmm. special sauce um, is so crucial, and it you can take two games that like from the surface look very fucking similar, Dark Souls one and two, or Dark Souls two and three, and yet they're very, 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 very differently level different levels of fun to play. Now there are certain things that stand out. Dark Souls two will always have the Turtle Bros enemies that beat me to death Turtle time Bros. and time again while um, I was streaming on Twitch so that Kelsey and Adam could watch. Uh, that was a fun time. But, uh, no, Dark Souls 3 was great from, from the word go. I overcame my sad inability to not fall off cliffs for the most part. <laughs> uh, it, it had a great amount of enemy variety. It had a fantastic... Just I, I just, I loved so much about it. Playing co-op was just phenomenal. We had a great time just pushing my world through and then pushing his world through. And we had our... He was the magic caster. I was the swordsman. Um... We had, you know, anytime someone would drop into the world, we'd get invaded. And when we would wreck a dude or see something funny happen to them, like they'd walk back off a cliff or something, it was just great. It had so many great moments like that. Uh, Dark Souls 3, just, it it was so solid that I, I, I it, the, we played it so much and I was so solid, it was so solid throughout that I, I was, I was a little bit like, do I take this off the list? But, but no, it was... It was just fun, and it, it deserves a place on the list at number two. So that's my number two game, Kelsey. My number two game is uh, probably not too surprising to, but um, Darkest Dungeon. I talked a nice. lot, so much about this game. It's such a great game. It's now I'm pretty sure it's on the PlayStation. So if you don't like playing computer games, you don't. Yeah, have it is. It came out later in the year, yeah. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it's being ported to Xbox One as well. But anyways, um, 
Darkest Dungeon, it's basically like a dungeon crawler-esque game. You inherit this estate from a family member, and you're supposed to bring it up out of disrepair, and you're supposed to go to these different areas to, like, clean out all the bad guys that showed up. So there is a bit of a story, but it's just... And there's a narrator character that's awesome, right? Yeah, there's a na- yeah, the narrator's awesome. He narrates everything that you do, like, as you go through, and, you know, a match is struck, and light pours into the the hallway like and stuff like that it's so it's amazing he's such an amazing voice but it's just really solid and has really fun mechanics like there's the light mechanic and so you have as you go through you have torches and of course as you go through the torch goes down and there's different things that can happen based on it the higher your torch the more likely you're to surprise enemies the you know you're not going to get scrambled in your party but you don't get as good of loot and the, the, you know, the monsters are weaker. But if you have, like, lower light, you sacrifice, you could get surprised. And, but, and the monsters are harder, but you get better loot. Uh-huh. So it's like, so you get to play with that fun dynamic of light, and then there's also this dynamic of sanity. So as things happen to your characters, they can literally be driven insane. And what can happen to your character when they're driven insane is they can either have a breakthrough or a breakdown. And if they have a breakthrough, they get a positive quirk perk, which can help uh, de-stress your entire party, but if they have a breakdown, they become selfish, and they'll, they can, like, pass their turns, and you don't really have much control of them, they can move themselves, they can cast whatever That's spell awesome. they want to. So it's like a, it's an evolution of the sanity meter from, like, uh, Sanity's Requiem, Eternal Darkness, yeah, but, definitely. like, better. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they will stress out your party, and if you have, and if you fill the sanity meter again, your character will have a heart attack and die. And it's, it's a one, like, your character's dead when they're dead. That, that's tough to deal with. That's tough to stomach. It is. But they did make it a lot easier, because I pl- I've been playing it since it was in early release, uh, which was actually, um, in 2015, it was when it came up into early release, and the final game was officially released in 2016, and they made it a lot easier, because there was a wall, like, when you hit level 3 and you went to the level 3 dungeons, you were just fucking smacked down, and it wow. wasn't fun, because it was so hard. But they made it easier, and they had a really cool new things like um, events. When you go into town, there's a chance that an event can happen, and it can either be like, "Hey, your plague doctor got a boost," and like you like plus one for your plague doctor, or "Hey, a joker came through," and everyone's not stressed, right? And stuff like that. But it's just it's just a lot of fun because you have all these management aspects that you have to do because you have to manage their stress and you have to manage their because and everyone has a quirk and some are positive quirks and some are negative quirks and it's just it's just so much fun. I I freaking love it and it's amazing. And it's also there's a wide variety of characters so you can have different teams of people and you have four player people that go in through to the dungeon at a time. It's a little late. So you pick a team of four to go into the dungeon. Yeah, yeah. And no, you've told me. I, I do want to try it out because no. it, you said maybe I've Xbox. I've heard it's punishing. No, well, it sounds cool though. Um, it, oh. I I heard rumors that it was coming to the Xbox. I'm not entirely sure. I know that it came out to the to the PlayStation, but I mean, playing on the the computer is a lot of fun, and it's a game that you can play in bite-sized portions as well. It's not like something that you you well, first of all you don't really want to grind it because at t- times you get like a little frustrated with it, but it's like. Like, with Dark Souls, like, it no, no longer feels unfair. Like, before it felt unfair when you would die or you get hit really hard and stuff like that, but it no longer feels unfair. Like, you definitely have to manage your stuff, and you have to manage what you buy and mm-hmm. all that stuff, and manage your quirks, and you figure out good teams and stuff like that. And also, I feel like a lot of the characters are pretty... I mean, there are some OP characters that you want in your teams, but, like, as long as you're running a healer for the most part, like, almost any team can make it through. So. Cool. 
But yeah, no, so Darkest Dungeon's my number two game. All right. That's cool. Well, <clears throat> since we got Kelsey's left. got us in the darkness already. Ooh. Let's I, take I'm a so look. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> at the opposite of gold, because that's what we're working toward, right? The best of the year. Yeah. It's just what what disgusted us. What put us in a bad mood? What's the worst game you played this year? Damn it. And I guess I'm starting this one off. <clears throat> you know. I, I'm starting this one off. You started off. No, you just went. Yeah, for to the end of number two. <laughs> huh? The end I, of number two. So now it's yeah. me. No, that would be me then. Yeah, that'd be Rich then. How is Rich? It went me, you, her. Oh no, it's him. Yeah, it is me. I know what I'm He's doing. Right. I don't think you know what you're doing. I, He's right. I, I did this right? At least I did this. Is he right? Yes. I don't. It's fine. If you went last, then it goes back to me. That's how we've been doing it. I, I start know. the next category. Just do it. What's your fucking most hated game? <laughs> Motherfucker. We're just in a bad mood because of these games we're now having to actively think of. Uh, for me, this is a game that was free. That's the nicest thing you can say about it. Uh, the Ben-Hur movie tie-in Why'd you game. even play this thing? This shouldn't even be on the Because list. it was fascinating to me. This shouldn't even exist. It shouldn't ex- there exactly. There are a thousand shitty games out there. And this is the one I played. Alright, alright. Uh, I, I mean, what else am I going to put? Honestly, uh, like, there's no other game on my shortlist that I, I could even really call worse. Okay, understood. Like, the closest... You're selective no, about what you play. Except for Ben-Hur. Some years. <laughs> well, Ben-Hur was free. But, you know, it was... You wrote it, an article on the site for, about it. Uh, yeah, I reviewed it. Uh, I gave it a one uh, because it was playable. That, that was generous. It was yeah. playable. Was it? It was a game. Listen, uh, I th- played that, that game. That's what a one means. One, you are a game, technically. Is it? On a technical level. I guess. You race three races as Ben-Hur. Uh, you race three races as, like, a nameless dude who happens to be Ben-Hur. Yeah. It's not, like, distinct... The uh, the opening title. How do you screen... happen to be Ben Hur and be nameless? It's it's impressive. Well, because like you don't you just look like a generic dude. Okay, like That's everybody. More what I meant. Uh, starts I off right it. opening title screen. Ben Hur in theaters, whatever release date it was. So you know you're in for a good time. It's like the movie tie-in game taken to the max. Wasn't the cutscene? There was like a cutscene. The cutscene is the just trailer? yeah, just tra- a very brief teaser for the movie. Then you do the chariot race, and it's like, yeah, Ben-Hur, go do races and chariots. This is and, not uh, a legit game. The, from the way you're describing it, this is like a fucking not game. That's the point. It's right. so bad. And you race. You do race. You do. It's like, okay, so lap. technically it here's is a game. Here's two laps. Here's three laps. Well, no, it's... Here's four competitors. Gotta, here's five competitors. Gotta, here's six competitors. I, I gotta look up the... Um, um, I gotta look up footage of this. Keep talking. But basically what it ends up being is uh, you ram other people off the road or you Or you get win the race. into fucking oblivion. Yeah, no, this game is a bore to control. The, the, the horse carts aren't that great. Uh, the way people will just jackknife into you. And I mean jackknife. This game will have moments when the you or the enemy will just suddenly sharply turn 90 degrees and ram into a wall. No, there are also sometimes enemies will literally, at the start gate, will just hit the wall and be out of the race for the oh, rest yeah, of the race. Yeah, for the most part, you'll you'll start off, it'll be six people, but it'll be, oh, no, you're down to four already, because they're that bad at driving. Um, it's, oh, in theaters August 19th, that is really funny. Yeah, yeah, no. The title screen. So it's just so funny. It's so bad. I mean, it is, it's, it is a, uh, a mess... Of a game, it, it's ugly as shit. Uh, too. Oh my god, is that bad looking? Uh, the characters repeat the same one or two line. But they're amazingly delivered. Yeah, sure. 
Uh, I'll crush you under my wheels, kid. No. Something along those lines. I think that might be all. I think kid. I don't think they say kid. I don't know. But I'll crush know. you under my wheels. I'm oh pretty my sure God. is a real thing. That's and unacceptable. The, it's hard to tell what the hit detection on the chariots is. It's hard to not die. Uh, fortunately, this game looks if your health gets low, the audience will start throwing giant glowing green out of fucking Spyro energy orbs that you can run into to heal your horse and cart. Uh, which is a ridiculous version. there. <laughs> that version just broken. Um, what the fuck? Uh, it goes from stupidly easy to deliriously hard in the final race. Uh, the only, I mean, it's it's theoretically an easy one thousand, though the last achievement is kind of a bitch because you, you have, have to, to like, actually perfectly... win the last race. Yeah. No, you can win the last race. It's you no. have to like kill everybody. You have to kill everyone, and you have to kill them. Yeah, you and it's have very to. specific about that. Because again, when people just run oh, into walls and so, whatnot, oh, so so you have to make sure nobody accidentally dies. Yes, or so. you're fucked, or that someone else kills them. You have to do it. And also at the end of the race, every so in the first race they kind of forget you're there. In the second race they kind of know you're there. In the third race they've all made a blood pact for your head. They just fucking ram into your cart and whip the shit out of you, and you're just like, where did this? Yeah, you also have a whip. From? Oh yeah, you have a whip. <clears throat> um. So. Ben Hur is an atrocity, and it, it, it shouldn't have been made. I don't know who the like, who would make that game. Who had that like unfortunate duty? Maybe Ben Hur had some money in the budget, and they were like, no, 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 cross media. Someone was like, social media, cross promotions, and buzzword activate, and then there was a game. Well, they probably thought that like like the gamer demographic was the type of demographic that would go see Ben Hur as well. So let's give him a shitty non-racer. Well, it has a twenty-five <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes that movie. So. Oh yeah, no, I'm not. Well, not the Rotten probably Tomatoes better than the game. Yeah. Uh, but that's my worst game of the year, Ben Hur, but with a bullet, with a with a cracking whip, Krakow. <laughs> with the cracking switch, with a janky ass control. <laughs> yeah. What's your worst game? Ben Hur. <laughs> All right, we done. Right, we're done. Yeah. Ben Hur fucking sucks. Don't actually no. Do what the play fuck it. did you play Ben Hur for? Because I played it. Played it. And what I the like, fuck? I was like, there's no way. This is a cop out. No, I was like, no, no, because I watched it. I was like, there's no way this game can be that bad. Like Jordan was telling me how bad it was. You've never seen this, something. How is this your worst game of the year though? Because like, I played it. Because he played it, and then I was like, I have to try this game out. All right. I mean, I again, feel, I feel a little cheated, but. Well, what's your worst game, Rich? My worst game is Mighty Number no. Motherfucking Nine, motherfuckers. Oh, you, why'd you play that? Yeah, why'd you play that? <laughs> Because I was... Uh, My game had no reviews when I played it. I was pioneering. Because I was fiending for a Mega Man-type game where you can jump and shoot and have a good time. And yes, I was told it was shitty, but like a 6 or 7 out of 10 shitty. Not abysmal. Maybe I'm exaggerating. It might have got worse reviews than that, didn't it? It did. Oh, I mean, like, it got thrashed. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, the game is... The game is... So hard... It's, like, fun and normal. So, first of all, you know how I was saying earlier how Doom has a really good glory kill system that gives you flow to combat? Well, they tried to incorporate one, but instead of, like, making it rewarding and fun, they made it punitive and shitty. So it's, like, you have to, like, do this... That, instead of, like, playing through the level meticulously like Mega Man should be, you've got to play through that game. Like, you got to be careful and, like, precise. Instead, they made it, like, this race-through-the-levels game so that you can, like, chain enemies together to build up a meter so that these pizza-looking explosions could happen. I mean, it's so bad. But the worst part, the reason it gets worse game, I mean, because otherwise it would just be like, all right, fuck, I didn't have any expectations for it. I really wanted to play it. I mean, when I heard that game was coming out, I was like, I really want to try that. I love the idea of, 
you're not allowed to make a new Mega Man game. Fuck you, Capcom. I'm making a new Mega Man game. It's called Mighty Number no. 9. You know, that's awesome. I love that idea. Um, and it's such a shame that it turned out so poorly. I don't know how it happened. By all accounts, a year before it came out, it was a great game. And then, like, some cooks came into the kitchen and put some shit ingredients in that fucker. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it turned into this nasty fucking stew with explosions that look like pizza pies with pepperonis. I mean, it's just, it, it turned into a disaster. Another thing was really egregious. I don't know if you heard about this, but the advertisement for it we're made fun of its audience. We're sending an anime I mean, geek on prom, prom night. night. Can you imagine that? Oh, you mean the whole fan base for this video game's worst moment in life, and you're going to throw it in their face? And that's the ad for your game, you asshole? I mean, it's like this, It's like, this, like, like Haha, I'm a douche voice, you know, that comes on. And, and he's like saying, ah, like a, like a, what, what is it? Like an anime kid on prom night, because you got no date. Yeah, because you're lonely. Yeah, you got nothing. So you're you nobody. You can only play our game. Buy our game, motherfucker, and, and, and get smushed. So anyway... I have never in a game, like especially like a, like a you know a legit game like that, like Ben Hur, I might expect something like this, but in this game, there is a part that I thought was impossible. I was like, "There's no way that's possible." There's like this, this pulsating. It's really hard to explain how horrendous this is, but I'm gonna try. There's this like wheels that like have pulsating. It like pulsates from the beginning, and there's like this energy that pulses forth from it. And so it's like the diameter of the wheel is increasing. You can imagine that, you know, mm -hmm. as the energy pulses out from the center. And, like, you're supposed to, like, you know, go under them when the pulse is not out. And then, like, when the pulse is out, you have to already be through or not have gone yet. And the pulse comes in a little bit and you can go under it. Well, I'm doing that for a little bit and doing some wall jumping and, and stuff. And then I get to a part where I swear to God there's, like, this much space. Like, I'm, like I'm showing, like, a penny could fit between my fingers space. And, like, and there's, like, a pulse going. And apparently... I was like, There's no, how do I get through that? And I died like 15 times. The checkpoints are horrendous, so you have to go way back and get back to that point. And at a certain point, I was like, I, I'm missing something. Something's not right here. And I went online and watched people's tutorials, and people were like, like really good Twitch Mega Man players were like, what the fuck? Is that really, like their first playthrough, they were like, is that, are they asking me to do what I think they're asking me to do? It was like this timing thing but, like, you're supposed to fit through a space you can't even fit through. I mean, it's crazy. If you saw it, I mean, it's it, it, it's it's impossible. It's, so it's like a shitty game with bad flow, messy looking. Somehow they took graphics that looked good a year before release and then fucked them up. And then the gameplay is, like, not punishing but fair. That's the thing. Mega Man was always hard but fair, right? Yeah. This game is not fair. This game is stupid and and random and shitty and oh it's just no fun i mean it's it's a wreck and the worst part about it is the level of disappointment that it is now luckily for me it doesn't make my disappointment list because i'm not like the hugest Mega Man fan and i didn't kickstart it but imagine if you fucking did no, and especially... well no they got kind of shafted in a lot of ways no, yeah so it's more than just that but but yeah no like what we said like i mean i remember seeing it in its first iteration being like you know what that could be a possibly solid game it yeah. looked half it looked decent i was like it could you know they had years to make it yeah i was like they there's no way that and then i saw that commercial where it's like lonelier than an anime nerd on prom night and i was like well fuck you guys <laughs> for a great breakdown on the entire tragic development cycle for that game i would recommend uh stop skeletons from fighting's video they have a past mortem on mighty number no. nine that really just goes into all the details oh i gotta check it out available I gotta check that out. That's awesome. But anyway, uh, with a bullet, Mighty Number no. Nine is my worst game of the year. And what's our next category? Uh, MC Jordan. All right. Well, these are the games that were the worst, and we talked about games that surprised us. 
games that disappointed us, um, games that we thought were the best. But you know what games we can't talk about? Games we never played. Right. Uh, and there were a lot of games in 2016 we just didn't get around to. And so this is the game. Uh, the genie popped into this room and was like, Rich, Kelsey, Jordan, I got three wishes. You each get one. What do you want? And we I wish... thought, At first I thought you said a vagini. <laughs> it's like... I was like, what's a vagini? <laughs> Uh, that's probably like a Aladdin porn parody. I yeah. Don't know. If there's children listening, first of all, don't know why you listen. Don't know why. Uh, uh, second of all, we I'm tried sorry. to make it very clear from the beginning that it was not yeah, for no. you. Uh, that genie would give us. We these are the games we wish we'd played. <laughs> the genie would give us some fucking some fucking time so we could play some fucking oh, more games. Right. <laughs> the genie would take us back to the beginning of this. So, with this with this segment, so we could probably say, hey. This is a game I wish I played more of, or at least played. And in my case, with that tragic segue, um, it was a wreck, bro. It was, but unlike this game, it wasn't until someone called it a machini. But go ahead, Kelsey. This game <laughs> was, was not a wreck or a train wreck or anything, and it's probably the, arguably the defining game of the of 2016. All right, uh, this this is mine too. So you want to just it's Overwatch. Overwatch, yeah. Oh, Overwatch. If you. I, if you go back in time, if you go forward in time, and you were like, hey, what game do you think divine the, the year of 2016, any gamer I'm pretty sure would be like, Overwatch. Even if they didn't play it. Even if they didn't play it, just because Overwatch came in, kicked down the door, and was like, I'm here, motherfuckers, guess how awesome I, mean, I am. I it's, mean, it's almost everybody's game of the year. It's IGN's game of the year. It's, it's, it's people just, it's ridiculous. No, it's and, the and, game. I mean, culturally, yeah. I mean, it's all, uh, just, at its base level, it's a, it's, you know, it's a nine to ten range game. Right. Just to start. But just the way it's penetrated pop culture, it's... What pen- did it do to pop? <laughs> it's grown this <laughs> like huge... Like a virginity. It's grown this huge fan base that, you it's know, insane. loves it. And the- they nailed it. And, and, and it grew out of the carcass, I didn't mean to interrupt, but it grew out of the carcass of a dead game. It grew out of the, there was a, a corpse of a, of a canceled game they were making, and they took the assets and they grew it into the success story of the last five years. Really. Yeah, I mean, if you go yeah, down I mean, to the show floor right now, the most represented video game outside of maybe Pokemon. Yeah, it's yeah. Pokemon, is, and then, is then it's then, then it's like it's Tracer Overwatch. is motherfucking everywhere. No, and what's amazing too is that like I don't even mean this as like a derogatory term, but even like casual players love Overwatch. I know. Like like well, so many people on Twitter who aren't giant gamers. Play Overwatch. Here's what I've heard. Here's what I've heard about that. No, I, I know. And and also, WoW people actually put WoW aside to play Overwatch. Like, mm-hmm. what? What an accomplishment. And another thing that I've heard about it is, instead of, this is genius, right? Instead of telling you what your kill-death ratio is for players that aren't that good, instead it doesn't do that. It's there if you want to dig for it. Mm-hmm. But instead, it gives you play of the game. And yep. it tells you the great shit that you did to make you feel good after the match. No matter who you are, no matter what level you're playing on, it's going to show you what you did well, and then you can improve on it. It builds you up instead of tearing you down. And for me, who is a, a historically, I don't play competitive shooters because, again, kind of like World of Warcraft, I don't have the time to be good enough. I think I could be pretty good. I could have a good KD ratio if I really worked at it. But I don't, I don't like it enough to, to dedicate that much time to any one game. And I always feel like I'm getting sniped in the back of the head when I play shooters, period. But this is a game that apparently, because of all the different characters and the incredibly good balancing and the, just the interesting personalities and the interesting um, uh, uh, the way the personalities mesh with the actual skills and abilities that you have and and the way that it all, like, like I said, balanced so well. And, and like, so you can do fun shit even if you're not shooting. You can feel useful. You can get a play of the game. And it's just... it. It builds you up instead of tearing you down, I think is my no, point. That's um, important. No, it, it's... And it, it also, trail like, I mean, you know, not perfect, but, like, 
it's inclusion of like women of different bodies and people of yeah. different ethnicities. Mothers and as heroes. Mothers as heroes. You know, people with like thick accents as heroes and stuff like that. Like it's just amazing. Like for like. And Blizzard's just killing it. It's already grown a huge amount. Yeah, I mean, there's new maps, new characters since launch. Uh, So many cool, fun game modes from what I've heard, like Lucio Ball, and then they had the May Snowball fight. They're (laughs) making a ton of money on the game itself and on microtransactions that nobody feels shitty about buying. Like, anybody, it's all opt-in. None of it makes you a better player. It's all cosmetic, and they're making millions on it. And it's perfectly done. For, it's not free-to-play because you have to buy the game. Yeah. But the free-to-play model, it's perfectly done. And, you know, this is a game I played in beta and really did dig. Uh, and it's actually the last game I bought of 2016. I got it in the summer sale, or in the winter, uh, the end of the year sale. Uh, I've played a very few matches. So that's why I, I felt, no, this is a game I Yeah, I only played. played it during the beta. So. And so... What did you get it for? Uh, it was 40 Oh wow! And you know, I just That's an investment. I, it's such yes, but it's such a part of the cultural conversation, yeah. and just you know what? It's so diverse, and there's so much to do, and the maps are asymmetrical, and they're so interesting to learn about, and everyone plays every character, and there's so many to experiment with, and you know what? I want to be part of it, and it was very mm-hmm. interesting. Just the lore is growing, and I want to be part of it. I want to feel connected to it because it's super interesting. Like, you're yeah. just looking at it, yeah, all the characters like, are it, so grabbing. It's not like Call of Duty. Like, everybody plays Call of Duty, but, like, that's fine. They can play it. But this is different. This is, like, everybody's playing it, and it's interesting. It's attributing something interesting to the conversation on games, yeah. while also being the most popular game of the year, pretty much. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. No, this game is, I'm sure, still going to go. I mean, even, like, I don't want to go into it too much. Like, Blizzard has coined the Overwatch League, which is basically going to start doing, like, what you would do for, like, college play, college football players. They're going to cities and creating combines and having coaches look at players and drafting players. Like, they're fucking the NFL. Well, they have enough money to do it. No, they do, but, like, they want to make this, like, a legit sport. Like, Blizzard is backing this 100%, so you know Blizzard is. And Blizzard makes great games, and Blizzard's pouring all of their time and energy and making this a great game. And so I, I can't wait to see where this game goes. I can't wait to see what they It, it could they change add. the whole complexion of gaming as we know it, honestly. Yeah, when we're bought in and, you know, we're going to see what how much we play of it. Hopefully a lot. Hopefully. We'll yeah. see. No, because then there's also those fun arcade modes that, like, Yeah, that, that adds a lot from things. just what I've seen, yeah. But, uh, Rich, what you got? What game do you wish you played most? Uh, I have two. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, my list was wish I'd played more or at all. And my list is huge. It has Dishonored 2, it has Watch Dogs 2, it has the Ratchet and Clank remake, it has Hitman, it has Uncharted 4, it has Titanfall 2, it has Mirror's Edge Catalyst, it has Virginia, and it has Deus Ex Mankind divided on it. However, the two that I wish I'd played the most, and I have a winner also, but my runner-up is Final Fantasy 15. Um, I'm playing it already. I just haven't played enough to make a statement on it. I feel like it will definitely be the kind of game that's you know, maybe may, would have made it onto my list had I been able to play more of it, but it's so time-consuming. And instead, I've been uh, playing other things. Um, but the number one game I wish I'd played more of or at all is Inside. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did not... This game... This was my second, just I'll, I'll say, because I... Yeah. Go, go ahead, though. The... Um, the conversation on this game is that there's, like, a breathtaking, jaw-dropping, break-your-brain and, and make you... Uh, 
talk about it for weeks, you're so devastated ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love a twist. I know it's that kind of thing. Built up as much as it is, I don't know if anything can live up to that, but apparently the art design mixes with the gameplay, mixes with the dystopian world, mixes with the music to just create a masterpiece of four to five hours of gameplay. Puzzle platformers are not my favorite thing ever. I like a regular platformer or a puzzle game better than a puzzle platformer. However, a really good one is awesome, and I can really enjoy that. And uh, inside, uh, excuse me, Limbo is a good game. Uh, it didn't grab me like completely. It always bothered me. He can only jump like this high. Um, but I know that's the point. I'm sorry. And it's a very like well designed game, and I get that. But for me, that always bummed me out. It's like I barely can jump over this little root or this little rock. I'm like, man, let me jump, dude. But anyway, uh, Inside has like more of a sci-fi dystopian theme. It looks fucking brilliant. It's a gorgeous looking game. It's on everybody's game in the year list. And I wish I'd experienced it. And I know I'm gonna love it. So that's my that's my uh, game right. I wish I'd played. Like I said, so inside an Overwatch, it works out. I'm like a cross section here. Uh, I said about Overwatch, but I'll, I'll quickly say on inside that, yeah, I loved Limbo. Um, it was a fantastic time, and all, <coughs> anyone who's played this says is how fantastic it is. So, yeah. Uh, I was in. In fact, when I I got uh, the two cards, I had I got well, I got thirty dollars in Xbox store money basically. Um, I had I had like a bonus Best Buy gift card after I had to get a new laptop. My my old one screen broke, and when I got the the refund for it, I had some right. credit left over, so I got some Xbox money. Uh, Inside was what I considered getting, along with like another ten or twenty dollar game, but I ended up going with Overwatch. So yeah, we'll see how that pans out. But yeah, so I don't think you're gonna have any buyer's remorse about Overwatch, dude. Hopefully not. Uh, so that brings it that brings it to uh, brings it to the end. This no, we are here. No. Have we arrived? That was a beautiful uh, build-up. How about I, I'm going to build this one up? Yeah, go for it. All right. I'm all, uh, I'm so, all spent. All right. I'm all spent. So every year, game developers all over the world try to bring us their dreams, their their hopes, their desires for what the best possible expression of interactive entertainment could be. They try and they toil. Bum, some bum, games bum, 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 Some games take two years. Some games take three years. Some games take ten years. <laughs> We saw The Last Guardian. We saw Final Fantasy XV. But one thing is for sure. These are labors of love. But which labor of love did we love the most? <laughs> which made This us... is 2016's Game of the Year. Which made the sweetest love to our minds. <laughs> no! Us a beautiful mind baby. And our vajayjay. I mean, vajinis? <laughs> mind babies. Mind yeah. babies! Vajinis, yeah, wow. Right. Why is this not a midnight live panel? Because Jesus, it might as well be. Yeah, kind of is. We're getting, we're coming up on it. All right, hey, 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 back to the game. Back we're to the game. Rich, am I first? You are first up. Take okay, us, good. Take I'm glad us. I am because I think this one might cross over. For many years, <laughs> games have been coming out in this series, and I have said I am going to get into them. I am going to try to dive in, uh, and I always fail. Much like I always fail to finish Mass Effect 3. But I will do it, because Mass Effect... As like Andromeda. Right, it's coming out, and then we have a release date now. It's March 15th, so yeah, I'm going to be ready. Pokemon is a series that has been impenetrable to, penetrable for me. Uh, I tried before. I, 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 you know, I had the Pikachu Yellow Edition way back with my Game Boy Color. I got a little bit into it, never could really get all the way. I watched people playing it. I watched Jordan talk about it. I watched Tim talk about it. Uh, how much they love it. They get so into it. You you talk about it all the time. We t- every This whole year we've been talking about Pokemon news and ooh, the Alolan forms and ooh, this. And I knew nothing about what you were talking about, but it sounded fucking cool. And then I uh, tried with X and Y 
and I just dropped the ball again. I just I couldn't. I love Xerneas or Xernian or whatever. He looks really cool. I, I loved um, um, my Froki. He looked really cool, and I wanted to level him up, but it just fell off of it. It just didn't grab me. Well, motherfucker, Pokemon Moon grabbed me so hard this year. Uh, I gave it a chance, and it rewarded me, and it continues to reward me. I'm on the third of the four islands now. I just I just climbed up to Man Mount Hokaluna or something. And for me, it's 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 purest discovery. And for me, in, in video games, I think you know I always say Mass Effect 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. Bioshock as well, but especially Mass Effect 2 in this way because that is a game about discovery. You go to planets and you just can't wait to see what life is on them or what's there. And this is the ultimate discovery game, and that's what I never understood. If people try to tell me why Pokemon was so good. And, and, and how much fun it is. And, you know, people. some people would say it's mindless, but it's fun. Some people would say it's just so charming. Some people would say it's just so addictive. Some people would say I just love collecting all the Pokemon. Just whatever the reason was. Nobody ever really explained to me that it's a game about discovery. That it's a game about each area you go to, there's a new collection of Pokemon to grab. And, and finding out what's going to wait for you in the tall grass when you go over the cliff. Or what characters are going to reveal to you. Moon is especially great. Um, but this game is like, because what I've heard about the series, like this game just really puts it all together into just an absolutely beautiful package. I mean, the art is great. The story is actually there and great. I care a shit ton about the characters. And I haven't even gotten to the climax of the story yet. The Ether Foundation is cool. Uh, I have my guy kitted out in like really good gear that I love. It's all match. He's got like the blue and black camo shorts. He's got the, 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 um, like a, a navy blue, uh, polo shirt rocking he's got these nice sneakers like a little tone that matches the shirt i mean it's really it's really fun and a, and a like a cabana hat you know uh mm -hmm. it's just and he just he's my dude and i love him and he's great uh he looks like ash but different with like green eyes and, and like i said like a whatever you call those hats and uh it's just i'm loving every bit of it here at magfest it's all i want to play and when i was at home the reason i haven't played final fantasy 15 is because i'm playing pokemon on my little tiny fucking 2ds instead of playing fucking final fantasy 15 on my 55 inch gorgeous hd screen i'm sitting there in front of the screen playing fucking pokemon it's that fun it's that compelling it's great and for me the purest discovery goes further because this is my first entry so i know who pikachu is i know who snorlax is i even have a snorlax toy at my house that my friend left our old bass player from my old band but I never understood or really got deep into the game. And so now that I have, it's just all there for me to learn about. So like when you get into something that's a new fandom for you, it's the best. Because it's like, oh my god, there's over 700 Pokemon or more for me to like learn about. And all their evolutions. So like for everybody else, they know that taking Pichu... Who actually was, and that he, and there really didn't start out being Pichu. There was Pikachu, and then they made a baby for him, and it was like Munchlax and Pikachu and Pichu. And then if you want Pichu to level up or or Munchlax to level up, you had to make them happy enough. And how do you make them happy? A snooze bell, a, a soothe bell will work. Those kind of things you take for granted when you play the games for a while. But for me to learn all that stuff has just been this most amazing adventure of pure discovery. So for me, without without a doubt, uh, Pokemon Moon is my game of this year, without question. Cool. Uh, no, I need to play uh, it. you do. Uh, I have played it, and you know it's the thing is it's my game of the year. Uh, Pokemon Moon, yeah. my my game of the year. Um, I was gonna do a thing, but it's like you know it's not my favorite Pokemon game ever. I was wondering about that because I was like, really? Because if it's not on your list at all, I've been blown away because it's so fucking good. No, no, it is on my list. It was uh, again where it was placed went back and forth, but at the end of the day, you know, it's not my favorite Pokemon game ever. It's I, your second favorite, though, right? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's my second favorite generation. Uh, Gen 5 with black and white, just perfect. Uh, that's next It's got for the me. best story, I think, overall, and just, it's the pinnacle of 2D Pokemon. It's it's just a fantastic even two, though, two games. Even though it has HMs? Uh, yeah, well, look. I mean, you got to take things as they were because it's like HMs hadn't gotten rid of, been gotten rid of yet, and that's just. I'm just wondering going back if I'm going to be in pain. No, really, you know, the later gen games have really did get better about limiting the HMs. It's not like, and really, you can have your slave Pokemon or just go to the box when you need to. It's not that big of a pain. Uh, but anyway, just but but Sun and Moon did a lot great. It brought in all the cool alone forms. It gave a really cool world to explore that shook up the formula in a big way, which as a longtime fan was appreciated, even if it wasn't entirely different. I mean, kahunas aren't that different from gym leaders, but the idea of the island trial and having all these cool characters you meet and, yeah, not knowing who you're going to run into next or what the exact challenge is going to be and discovering new Pokemons. So from the alone forms, Z-moves actually being really cool. They are uh, really way, cool. Way better than I thought they would be and way better than Mega Evolution. Um... And you know, well, the, what's the difference? Mega Evolution is like a, a permanent stat boost, and they, their ability changes, and they basically turn into a new form. Forever? Uh, no, just for the rest of the fight. Oh, okay. It's like, and you can use it once per battle. Um, Why is that any different, really? Because it like boosts all their moves, and they but, change forms, so it's like their Mega Sceptile or Mega Alakazam. But that seems awesome. Why is that? Where's the downside? It just didn't flow. Again, you mm. can only do it once per battle. But Same with Z moves. Yeah, though. I don't know. It just it just works better. It just feels and better. And they really work it into the lore. Also, yeah, they work it into the lore well, which they did with Mega Evolution. Honestly, all of the Mega, a lot of the Mega Evolutions look really stupid. Uh, that's a problem. Uh, that's a problem. Which hurts it. Charizard doesn't. <clears throat> was King, no, was some uh, of them are good. I'm was Slowking a Mega? No, no Slowking's no, just Slow there King is just... a Mega though. I think there's a Mega Slowbro. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, but. I don't know, this game just works. And again, the story's really there. I think this is the second best Pokemon story they've had, outside of, I mean, maybe just the emotional resonant story in, like, Gold Silver, uh, with, like, the returning to Kanto. But, you know, it's not really a narrative so much. Uh, but the lore's always been there, and that's the thing. Pokemon's always had the lore in the background. It's really developed, and that, that's something that's gotten more appreciable as time has gone on, and there's all these references to the other region, and research being done there, and, and all this, and it's just really uh, fun for that reason. But... Sun and Moon is just fantastic. The new Pokemon are all really cool. Uh, the Alolan forms are neat. And they feel like a good addition to the old generations in a more significant way than Mega Evolution did. Um, Legendaries are all nice, neat. There's a solid post-game. Uh, I, I I wish there was a little more, but I always kind of do. I, I really want a Pokemon game that, that really breaks and, and makes it more like missions and gives you actual side missions. And maybe that's too ambitious or asking too much. But, no, this is just a fantastic Which Pokemon Which was the game. one that had... Oh, that was the one. The, the Gold and Silver is the one that had the crazy... Yeah, I would game. love to see that come back. I'd love to revisit old places. Maybe it'll become possible now that they're all... I mean, really, when you come down to it, the engine for Gen 7 isn't that different from the engine. Certainly not graphically. It's not a huge step forward. Um, like so we could return to changes. XY? Probably not. I mean, not in this, but maybe maybe it'll happen again someday. Mm -hmm. uh, but, no, it, it was just a blast from start to finish. I've already put 55 hours in. I'm still collecting Pokemon. I'm, I, it made me pick up Alpha Sapphire again and, and start playing that thing, uh, which Gen 3 is my least favorite generation, so it's been a bit of a struggle. But I'm more into it now. 
uh, and I'm interested, and the lore is cool, and it's it's Pokemon's timeline has gotten weirdly convoluted. <laughs> I was it's telling got Kelsey, a timeline. Yeah, it has. They multiple try to make lines. that work. There's alternate realities in Pokemon now that got introduced in Alpha Ruby or in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. It's yep. weird. It actually plays out at the end of uh, Moon. Okay. In a weird way. All right. In a very light way. I mean, everything in Pokemon's lo- the lore is very much like. It's there, and if you want to connect the dots, the lore all supports it. It's just you got to do a little bit of the work. But that's that, you know, sort of finding what you want that's in the game. The, that's the amazing thing about it. This is a game where your character is an 11-year-old. And when it came out that it was an 11-year-old, like, I always realized it was a kid's game, like, in a lot of ways. Uh, I mean, it, but the same way Pixar movies are kids' movies. You know what I mean? Yeah, but adults like them just as much because mm-hmm. there's so much depth there for adults and there's jokes aimed at adults and and you know what's amazing to me is you play like an 11 year old character when they but when they stuck it in my face and they were like i'm 11 at one point in this game i was like damn that's right i'm playing a game that like a ton of 11 year olds just eat up at the same time i'm finding amazing tactical depth in it no there's it's there if you need it i mean and again that's why there's a whole competitive scene that overthinks the hell out of it, and but but that's how you be competitive in any game. Yeah. So uh, that's not for me. I just like playing through the stories. I like collecting, as uh, as former co-host Tim would say, catching every motherfucker that you see. Uh, that's the game, and I love that this game has lore. It, like I said earlier, it has fantastic soundtrack. Uh, it does. On point. Uh, I've been saying that a lot. I don't know why. I've been bet. saying rad too much. It's okay. We're point. even. Go bet. ahead. Uh, bet. Bet. <laughs> bet. Uh, anyway, so. Yeah, Pokemon. Uh, it's it's if it, after XY, which was uh, you know a big graphical leap, but felt like a letdown to me. Did it? I don't yeah. remember you saying that. Did it? No, you know I, I think it was my number three of the year, but it just didn't live up to Black and White. This comes damn close. Wow. Um, and you know it was just an impressive game at the time, technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, no, this this is a fantastic one. It takes my number one spot. Well deserved. Right. Kelsey, uh, Descent. Pick another game. Is it clearly going to do? I am. I'm going to pick a game that I spent, I told up my hours before I left home. Uh, I have 200 hours in this game. Alright. So, obviously I love this game so much, and it is Stardew Valley. Yeah. Stardew awesome. Valley is my number one game. The indie darling of the year. The indie darling of the year. That makes me really year. happy to hear that. I'm glad we have representation of that, because it's really cool that you bring that, you know, to the podcast. I love, like, the Flame and the Flood, and the Stardew Valleys, and the... Darkest Dungeons of the World. Just games I just don't get to. I want to play it. Right. I just don't but get to it. It only just came to one. Yeah, no, it did, oh, okay. it did come to the Xbox One and on PS4, so if you don't like playing games on, you know, your PC for whatever reason, or you don't have a good PC, which you don't really need a good PC to play Stardew Valley. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a 2D it's pixel. A 2D pixel, pixel me on this, tell me on this badass. Tell me about why it's great. It's just... <laughs> it's going to sound so weird. <laughs> but, That's all right. It, so, okay, so on the face of it, it seems like a farming simulation game, which I kind of want it, because I've never played games like Harvest Moon or, like, um, Animal Crossing, right. which I had the itch for, and I really wanted to play a game like that, and I saw, saw Stardew Valley, and I saw it, and it just seemed like a simple farming sim, and, you know, you'd make up your farm, make it all pretty and stuff like that, and I thought that was, like, the, the end of it, and that's not. That's, like, barely scratching the surface of this game. It has actually really compelling characters who go through things that are actual, like, real world problems like you as you go along you you live in this valley you live in this town called pelican town um you 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 inherit this in stardew valley it's i should i just start off there is a narrative uh you start off this game as you work in a corporation and you kind of get sick of it really yeah you start yeah you start it's about a dude who leaves leaves this job goes to the country to start a farm well he actually his grandfather dies uh his or her grandfather dies you can pick whatever character you want his or her grandfather dies 
and leaves you this farm that's been unattended to for a while and you decide to leave your corporate job and you decide to go to the farm and go back to your roots and go back and it's really cool because like all the town's members they knew your grandfather and they're really ingratiating and helping you out and stuff like that and as you go through and you can give people gifts and as you give people gifts you give you get hearts and there's like heart events and you start to learn more about them well you just think it's lighthearted stuff but no like shane he's actually like has suffers from depression and is a drunk and like has suicidal thoughts really? and stuff like that. And you help him through that. You help him go to a psychologist. No. Yes. <laughs> it, that is in this game. You deal with this one uh, dude, Alex, and he, you see, he he comes off as this macho football player and stuff like that. But then you realize like his dad, his mom died when he was young, and his dad used to browbeat him and say that it was going to be worth nothing. And so he oh, moved in wow. with his gran- grandparents and stuff like that. And you just have these really compelling that never happens. characters. Thank God that, that it's an indie game so that it can be Animal Crossing, but with, like, depth. No, it, it has so much depth. And I did not know to expect so, that from that game. You know, it's just so amazing, and you get to learn about all these characters, and you learn to care about these characters, too. And I mean, like, not everyone has, like, a great storyline, of course, but, like, there's some, like, really hard-hitting things that you kind of deal with and you go through, and, um, and so that, that, so then that's amazing if you like the social aspect. And then, also, if maybe you don't like farming, you can do it however you want. They actually, uh, there's the 1.1 patch. To be fair, if you, if you don't like farming, do you really pick up Stardew Valley? You can, no, because if you want to pick up Stardew Valley, and you, you should like farming. But you can build your farm the way that you want it. There's five different farms now. There's the okay. original farm, which is for, like, farming. There's the forest... <laughs> and the other four that are not for farming? There's the forest farm, which, no, it, it changes the landscape. So there's not... So in the forest farm, there's not enough room for... There's not as much room for planting crops, but it's a foraging place, and you get a lot of, like, oh. lumber from it and whatnot. So you can make your money that way. You can oh. do the rivers, which also limits the amount of farming land you have, but you, you're, it's covered in rivers and ponds, and so you do fishing instead to make your money. Then there's the, wow, then there's, this game sounds amazing! Then there's the hills biome, which focuses on minerals. You have a lot of hills, and it changes, again, changes the way your farm They're called biomes? Looks. I, I call them, I'm calling them biomes. I like it. I like it. But, yeah, no, I Minecraft. like it. And then, and then there's the monster one, which I'm pretty sure is... The monster biome? Which I'm pretty sure is kind of like the original farm, but at night, creatures spawn, so you can fight off the creatures <sighs> and get goods from them and whatnot. What's the combat like? There's also a cave you can go to, right? Yes, there's... It's very simple. You basically get a sword, and as you go down, you get better swords, and you just kind of click the button, and you fight it. So it's very simple combat. But it, it, it still feels nice. and it's, It works? It, yeah, no, it worried. No, it definitely works. That's um, good. And there's technically different kind of weapons you can use, although I will say that the sword is definitely the best weapon. Like, there's, like, a dagger that you can use. There's also, like, two-handed, like, maces sort of deals. But I feel like the sword is the best. And it's just really cool. And also, you there's this community center, and there's these little, like, mythical beasts, and you walk in, and they, they need... Um, certain items and as you're giving these, these items you're repairing this community center and you're making this community come together again and as you complete your bundles it opens up new things like one opens up a bus to a new desert one opens up to a quarry that has refilling minerals one opens up like this thing so that you can go painting for gold literally in oh, the r- rivers and then you have another one that gives you a greenhouse so it, and so and there's so much progression and stuff like that and they've only added more stuff to it as well so what are you still doing 200 hours later like what do you still have to do um i mean well i started a new playthrough for the 1.1 patch so oh, okay so what I is have, your new what, what type of biome did you i choose? did the foraging one the um, forest yeah farm? i did the for, forest foraging farm um for for mine 
And I mean, like right now, like I'm just getting married. I finally got. Ma- I'm getting married. What's her name or his name? His name is Sam. And what's actually really cool if that you I- picked a guy. What's the girl? Marie or Mary or? No, no, no. So there are um, four. Ba- there's like four bachelors and four bachelorettes, and you can marry whoever you want. Doesn't matter what gender you are. You can marry whoever you want. I did hear that. I did hear that. And that, that's that it's I an LGBT friendly game. Yeah, and, uh, and I think that's amazing. No, it is amazing because it doesn't because re- it doesn't change the story too much. There are. I mean, it is a little weird that. No matter who you pick, but I guess that's weird about any game that it's like all four of those women could get wooed by you. <laughs> you know what I mean? What if yes. one of those women's well, like? Nah. Yeah, it just means everyone's bisexual. No, no that's cool. But, no, but, yeah. but one character literally says it. Like you're going through with this one character, and she's like, "I never knew I could feel this way about a, of another woman, about a female." Like you go through her, you literally go through her like progression. If you're a woman wooing her, she talks about how it, she doesn't didn't really she could feel this way about a woman and stuff like that. Like you're literally going through so her. So who are you marrying? I'm marrying Sam this playthrough. I love Sam. Sam is, uh, he, he's kind of like the skater bro dude. And oh, you mean probably your real taste, <laughs> Probably too. my real taste, yeah. Uh, but he's great. And the guy who was giving you the cold shoulder in your first playthrough? No, that was, that was Sebastian. And oh, I ma- Sebastian sounds like a dick. And I married Sebastian here as a motorcycle, and he did get kind of dickish, and so I, that's why I kind of abandoned that playthrough, too, because I was like, I want to get divorced. So you married the first person Kelsey would get married to. I did, yes. I, and now I, you're I, with the second. <laughs> bad choice. I'm going, no, Sam's Is there great. a librarian? Sam is like a skater guy. Every morning there's, like, there's Harvey. He's a doctor. <laughs> Please pick Harvey. No, Harvey's lame. Alex is... Is there a Sam? free-spirited writer or artist, perhaps? Yes, Elliot. All right. See, that's what I'm, that's what I'm hearing, I think. I think you found it. <laughs> what about Elliot? Damn, how many dudes are there? There's So you can marry Elliot, Shane, uh, Sam, Alex, and Sebastian. So there's five, actually. Now. Oh, okay. There's five of each. Who's Shane? Shane, he's the alcoholic who... Is ah! And you help him... That's the one Chelsea would marry, <laughs> right? Just, I, it's I a must, rabbit hole. I must fix him. No, um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's... No, but it's great. And it's just so much... And like I said, there's so many different ways that you can play through So it's, what are the so mechanics that are fun? Combat, like, what are you what are you doing? Is it just the loop of planting, reaping, planting, reaping? It just feels solid. It, it, yeah. That, like, it's just, like, it's not anything special, but it just feels solid. Like, it feels like everything that you do makes sense, if, mm. if that's, mm-hmm. like, the best way. Like, it's, it's just solid gameplay. I mean, that game is probably, it's speaking not... of, this isn't the guy I was talking about earlier, but this is the kind of game where that guy's going to be making bank on that fucking game. For years and years. No, and it's amazing because one guy made the entire game. That's amazing. I mean, he helped, he'd help to port it out and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but the the game itself, pre patch one point one, he made everything. That's unbelievable. He coded it, wrote it, everything. That's unbelievable. No, it that is. guy's a wonderkind or wonder dude, whatever he is. Yeah, no, like concerned ape, like he's amazing. Like you should all buy his game to support him because he's like the sweetest dude I've ever seen in interviews, and that then the game is wonderful. The game's a delight. And there's so many different ways you can play it. So even if you kind of, like, maybe you get bored of that playthrough and then you find out that maybe you like combat, just make a combat farm. Or you maybe like fishing more. But everything's just solid. You mean the monster farm? Yeah, like, if you like monsters, do the monster farm. If you like this, you know, whatever. Like, if you find your, your niche, pick that. I would suggest starting out with the regular farm just so you can kind of get your way. Yeah, because that's the original game. Yeah, that's the original game. But, no, it's just it's just great. It's just so much fun. And it, everything, and it's not overly complicated. That's the t- thing, too, with everything. Like, everything works the way you would think it would work. So, but no, Stardew Valley. It's amazing. I, I'm probably going to buy it on console at some point so that I have Please the do. console version. <laughs> Please do. I mean, because so you made me want extremely to play this by game the way, right By now. the way, just for listeners to understand what's going on here, 
the two of them, um, and I'm really pissed I'm not in the loop. The it's, two of, it's a what? It's we. It's a trade off. I don't know what to tell you. The two of them have. You know that I can't believe Xbox allows it, but this was their original plan for the system. I can't before I got fucking gutted. believe it's allowed. It's what they but, wanted. But they basically any game that Jordan buys, Kelsey can play, and vice versa. So if you hear him begging her to get a game, it because means her he wants to play it. Is my home console, and my console is her home console. But it's a slight cannot. exploitation of the intention of the. Play. No, this is what they wanted. They wanted you to be able to share stuff across your. You want? They wanted you to be able to go to a friend's house and access your content. That was the original point of the Xbox One that everyone got pissed about. Yeah, because there was originally going to yeah, be a Yeah, but they didn't a, a want your home thing. console to be not really your home console. There wasn't, it didn't need to be that way, though. That was the thing. It was supposed to just be Oh, a so cloud. you've done it that way to get around the way they changed it. Because that's how they had yeah, to do Yeah, because originally they were going to do a family thing. And so basically, like, I would be, like, the top member of my family, but then I could have Jordan and yeah. you on it. And then yeah. we would all interchange games. And right. that's how that would work. Right. It, was, it sounded like a dream, but it's clearly what... They've, they've, but people, people are assholes know this is and a they thing. fucked it up, right? Yeah. Um, oh, I know people know it's a thing. I'm, I'm not yeah. saying they don't know that, but that, I mean, it's an interesting. It's a, anyway, just so the viewers understand what's yeah. going on there, the little subtext I think is necessary. Um, so let's just say, let's. Are you done with Stardew? Yes. Let's take a little look back. Uh, so just in summation, uh, first of all, let's talk about the podcast. Um, it's been really fun. Um, talking about gaming, we had a big, we had a little bit of a. Uh, hiatus at a certain point, but I think we'll be uh, we'll be kicking it again next year. For gaming, yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously we haven't stopped podcasting. It's no, been no, busy, no. Uh, <laughs> with Kevin Schaefer, our co-host. Indeed, indeed. And so, uh, anyway, we'll see how it all goes. But uh, we're gonna have tons more content next year. So I've, I think it's been a really uh, fun, productive year. I don't know about you guys. I liked this. Yeah, year. definitely. I like talking about all the things. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, okay, well, we're obviously burnt out. But how about one more thing? How about how was the year in gaming, Kelsey? The... What do you think? Um, I think this year had very high highs and, like, meh. Very meh. And very meh, 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 I don't know how to say it. The the games either, like, goddamn, either blew you away or it just kind of existed, I feel like, this year. Um, Yeah. And I don't feel like there were even, but I don't also feel like there were many games that blew you away. Like, I feel like, because I I think I had, like, five games on my list. Doom was also on my list, and um, actually World of Warcraft Legion was also on my list. I'm surprised list that didn't make, make it. yeah, because I mean, I it, make... it took something you so beloved and, and, and sort of made it new and fresh again. No, it did. I, I mean, like, I, I just, if I had kept playing it, if I didn't feel like I had my fill, then I feel like it was, but yeah. I feel like I, I reached a point where I was kind of done with it. I get and so, that. But it's still good. No, yeah, I get that. you know, there were, there were like six really solid games. I didn't officially mention Doom, but Doom was also in the running. Um, that, that's about it. I actually what was your top all three? My top three was uh, Dark Souls was number two, Hyrule Warriors Legends, and Pokemon. What? Hyrule Warriors Legends beats Doom? Yeah. That seems crazy, but It does, right. but it's so fun. All right. Uh, I don't know. This year was... It, it was, was a weird year. It was a weird year. It was the kind of year where shit like that happened. It was like so backloaded, and there were... But, but even then, even the games I missed. Like if, you know, Mafia 3 is another one I wish I could. Yeah, that's one that could easily... Especially for the things that it does in a storytelling perspective, even though I hear that the mission variety is pretty, pretty repetitive, it, it's really cool. It's also a year that's important to note that had a lot of uh, black African-American protagonists, which was a huge change. Uh, I heard it said in the industry, you're going to get a kick out of this, that ever since Prototype came out, Prototype 2, and failed, 
that they were like every time somebody like let's make the protagonist a black guy they were just like nah dude remember prototype 2 and then this person was who was telling the story was just like don't you think that might have had a little more to do with the fact that that was prototype 2 <laughs> yeah <laughs> and not that the lead character was black but anyway this year we have Watch Dogs 2's character who by all accounts haven't played it by all accounts is an awesome I mean anybody's better than Aiden but Above and beyond that, he's also supposedly great. And then the Mafia Three guy, obviously that's sh- that's actually more uh, ostensibly about race, but it's definitely a year where we've had a lot. And then Stardew Valley was was that did that come out this year like at all? And then also like that that, that was it came out it came out in February. And that then was it the also... first time it ever came out on yes. anything. Okay, wow. Again, there you know there's some there's some evolution there. So it seems like a lot of good stuff is happening in the in the game space if it's not happening elsewhere. Yeah. Um... Which, so I guess before we get to the final, 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 final question, which is what what game are you looking forward to in 2017? Uh, we are the Joy of Geek crew. Uh, you can find us at thejoyofgaming.com for all our episodes, thejoyofgeek.net for written content, Twitter at thejoyofgame, Facebook, the Joy of Geek, the Joy of Gaming, uh, and I think those are the big ones. Yeah. And then uh, uh, you can find me on Twitter, Jordan Alseca at... Uh, at Indigo Master, that's E N D I G O M A S T E R, or jordanelsega.tumblr.com for all my writing stuff. I, what was that? D O U C H E Master? What was that? Douche Master. <laughs> yeah. Uh, douche sorry. Mason. Listen, sorry. All right, go ahead. I had a dumb joke. It would be funny if you were at Douche Master. Wouldn't that be kind of funny? Uh, it'd be a terrible name. Yeah, we would not be yeah. friends. I don't think that would work. Uh. <laughs> I guess we can right. say about this year. Thanks for the meh, Maurice. Yeah, thanks for the meh, Maurice. Anyway, Did uh, you guys coined that phrase. No, well, it's maybe pretty, it's I just clever. came up with it, but I'm sure someone said it. Kelsey, where what you at? You can find me on Twitter at nerdy Loki. And you can find me on Twitter at Rich Lapore. All right, and that's my name. For me, Resident Evil Seven's like two weeks away, so that's. I know oh, that. you stole my fucking thunder! <laughs> it comes out on my fucking birthday. But also. Ukulele, Sonic Mania, Project uh, Sonic Project 2017. Um, there's a lot of good stuff I'm looking forward to this year. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff I'm looking forward to too, but it's it's there's two there's three huge things. Resident Evil 7 on my birthday, January 24th. Be there or be square. Cannot fucking wait. And I can't believe that Umbrella is going to be tied into that creepy house. I can't wait to find out how Umbrella ties into no, the story. No, I'm, I'm so excited that for That's going to be game. so amazing. That I mean, I am all over that game. I am going to pre-order it digitally probably and preload it. That's how much I want to play it. I'm at 1201. I'm on that fucker. That's <laughs> happening. That is just happening. No, I know. No, Resident Evil 7, I'm really excited for. And uh, also, I'm excited for the full release of We Happy Few. I'm interested to see how that, When's that, that coming? plays out. It should be sometime this year. I don't actually know, mm-hmm. um, but I'm pretty... Because it's still in, like, that early access No, I heard thing. that the early access is, like, you don't want to play it like that. Don't play If you play care it. about the story, don't play it like that. No, it's weird. It, it, it was nice to kind of get it kind of a feel. Oh, you tried it. For how, yeah, I tried it. You, you could, like, play it for f- free for, like... Uh, like three hours something like that um so because i wanted to see it but i'm excited to see where, where that goes no, i think it's gonna be great I once love, the story's in i love the that dystopian future sort of deal so oh I'm no me to too me too but anyway i like i was saying um resident evil mm-hmm. right um mass effect andromeda obviously mm-hmm. don't give me that look <laughs> you still have to be three i know all right well you said it uh and then i'd say probably the number one thing i'm most excited about much like the year the 3ds came out is nintendo fucking switch yeah i can't um, wait for nintendo switch and then wait until they tell us what games are coming to the some bitch zelda's coming all i need to know No, yeah breath of the wild is about my selling point yes but 
uh, I don't know. I'm not buying that thing unless there's more than Oh, that. yeah. Halo Wars 2 comes out this year, too. Uh, eh. All right, well, that's a good note. My name is Rich Laporte. Jordan Dalseka. Kelsey Lair. And we will see you next year. Bye bye.